1: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It is Monday and we are back for the online darts live lounge and a very special one. Who would have thought We'd have made 50 episodes, but we are still here. Myself, Phil Bars, Jack, McCormick, and the boys' gentlemen. Good evening.
3: <laughs> mate, I did not think we were getting to 50. We were 100% getting cancelled after about six, but somehow we've strained it in a bit and we're still here.
2: <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. Boys,
4: see how we're we doing? Yes, all done, mate. All done. <laughs> Another fantastic way, uh, darting-wise, and. Glad to be part of Show 50. Show 50 is here.
2: What about the generally.
3: How's
4: the week then? Welcome to the Darts
3: Live Lounge, we are under. <laughs> All right. Right. I think we'll, uh, I might re ask you that question when our special guest gets here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, everyone again welcome in the chat room nice and busy as always remember drop us a like before we get started we just shared some links on social media as well so make sure you give them a follow and a, and a retweet boost the numbers for the 50th show like we say we've got a guest coming up we've got a bit of a competition we've got plenty of darts to talk about boys it's been a busy 10 days or so just a bit
3: non-stop mate Non-stop. I I say that as if it's anything different to what we do, but yeah, non-stop. Yeah. Uh, Genuinely, I can't wait for a
2: proper night's sleep tonight. Absolutely buzzing from my own bed for a few days. Not going to lie. (laughs) Spot the um, spot the mistake in the chat room. I think Charlie's used the wrong (laughs) can. Busted (laughs) Charlie. Um, <laughs> you <know these> <laughs> but I hope everyone is good and Like you say, thank you very much for joining us For these 50 shows Next landmark Is the Ton. Can't wait to get there as always But only one place to start boys The Grand yeah. Slam Of darts is all done And I think we're soon going to have to Rename This place to the Iceman Tournament Gezi does it again, boys. We'll, we'll come on to the house and everything in a
3: minute, but a great tournament. He was. Look, the Grand Slam is one that's been a little bit up and down. There's, there's plenty of opinions around the format, about the players included, etc. Um, but it delivered some, again, massive memories, um, some, some really big moments. Um, but the final day wasn't as exciting as it could have been. Um, but I think the rest of the tournament delivered superbly. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm I'm with you. It was um.
2: Oh wait a minute, let's turn this one off. He ain't coming on just yet. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get to him in a minute. Got so you got <laughs> well early. you can tell us it been a while, can't you? A week off and I've forgotten what my buttons do. Um, so we're not going to touch on the group stages primarily because. You boys absolutely smashed it out of the park on the fallout bar. So if anyone wants to go back and revisit that, we can do. Um, But we're going to start with the first round of knockout games. And on paper, this looked an okay session, but the highlight was young Bradley Brooks pushing Gezi. and, and, And we had some fire from both of them on the stage, Boise.
4: Yeah, we did. It was uh, it was one of them the, the night, generally, I think the four favourites. I think a lot of people were predicting quite easy wins, and I know we thought we threw three out of the four, but the uh, the price Brutz name was a was an outstanding name. Brutz delivered what he'd done in the group stages, putting that performance price wasn't at his best um initially, but then we saw them both firing towards the end and it was a it was a top, top game. Uh in otherwise what was probably quite a disappointing night with regards to no real challenges in the other games, but that game was certainly one of the highlights of the week uh, for me
2: yeah um sam hold that thought we will come on to the schedule of the grand slam shortly we will be bringing what? it up <laughs>
4: um,
2: and then and then this this session this one delivered boys if if the night before wasn't what we were hoping for. This one was all and more. God, all four games had something.
3: Yeah, they did. Look, the night before, without being for the only game that we expected it to go really close was the first one. And even Ryan Joyce didn't really deliver. Bradley Brooks gave us that little bit of a moment. Rafferty and Roby. Look, we expected them to get beat, but we expected the Marjors to be a lot better on that one. This night just delivered. We had we had distance. We had shock. We had Fallon doing what. Fallon does. Um, Marcus Smithy, Joe Cullen, despite the gap in the scoreline, was a good game. It was played at a good pace, as those two do, and they just get on with it. Um, it, it was just a good night at arts, I think, especially that final game. We'll, we'll come on to that in a second, but Game 2
2: was poor in standard, but that's what kind of made it good. The fact that we had loads of missed doubles and, and, and everything. It was good for all the yeah, wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, I com- completely. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, but the last match of the night, I called it our Clasico, and people were like, "Oh, it's not anymore." I'm telling you, it still is. No matter what form these two are in, they bring the best out of each other. Gob.
3: They do. And look, the results seem to be going green rather than blue far more frequently now than they were a few years ago, but they still produced one heck of a standard. It was a fantastic game between the two. And it was, look, Gary was one of a number of players that heading into this stage of the tournament, maybe even the group stage before that, weren't expecting an awful lot from because they just aren't carrying great form. James Wade faded, found himself in this part of the tournament. Gary Anderson's another Go price was less than convincing in the group stage. Um, there's a couple of us that just, we just didn't expect a lot from and found their way through. There's a couple that we expected quite a bit from and, and didn't make it out of the group stages. The likes of Mervyn King should have been pretty comfortable in his group, to be honest, and found himself dispatched at the first stage. So, yeah, look, we know how good he is. We, we heard from Michael Smith throughout the week that Gary isn't in the slump, he just doesn't practice. But we know he's got that top-level game in there, and it's, it's performances like that. That so they're going to get me talking about Gary Anderson all the way up until Christmas and potentially in that Premier League lineup conversation that we're going to have at some point, despite the fact, Pete Down, I know that he won't produce that week in, week out, but I still know he's got that in him and I still want to see it.
2: And there was a little bit of needle as well, which is always
4: nice. <laughs> Let me handle that bit. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah. Um, was a bit of needle and it's added to it, didn't it? It just added that little bit to it that you want to see at times. Uh, it was just great to see both players playing at a very good standard. And to Dobbs' point, he's one of the best players to ever to grace the stage, Darry Anderson. And if we can see him getting back to his best, everyone wants to see it. I don't know anyone who doesn't want to see Darry Anderson on that stage. We have split opinions across a lot of players, but when it comes to uh, Dando, no. when he's at his best, there's, there's no one really who does the opposite way with him, so... Hopefully we see him produce more of that. Um, interesting to see what happens as Dob says with the Premier League, and uh, obviously the pits in there, and where he's in the world when that thumbs around. So hopefully we see him in there. Just for me, we want to see him in there performing like he did on that night.
2: Last one from this one, mentor Sulovic. Gob, is there mental scarring? Because at two 0 he was comfortable, but as soon as one, as soon as Fallon won three legs in a row and went in up at that break. No one thought Mental Sulivich
3: could win. No, not even Mental thought Mental was going to win at that point. He absolutely <laughs> crumbled. Um, he threw the second worst performance in a knockout stage of the Grand Slam in its history. That's not good. Yeah. In fact, that's less than good. And look, all right, if he'd done that six months ago, we would not have been surprised because he had that massive hiatus from the sport. But he's looked really good since he came back. He had that run at the World Cup that we keep saying. He's looked pretty good on the pro tour. He seems to have been rebuilding his form. Got out of a tough group because that was a tough group. Let's not forget he came out of a group with Jose de Salza, Luke Humphries and Matt Campbell. That is no walkover. And he came out of it top. And then he produces that 84.18 average. Nah, not for me, Agreed. thanks. Yeah, he's... Agreed. Definitely. Okay, That's not just, a game uh,
2: that he From the Mentor Sulovic playlist, that is for sure...
3: Correct. Um if it uh, was never on there, I'm not entirely uh, sure He's very man, to be honest. He <laughs> doesn't, doesn't look the type. <laughs> I'm not quite seeing Mensor rocking around the press room with his airpods in, listening to I Kiss the Girl, like we see Dirk Van Dijvenburner and his all hard out rave music. Um lots of
2: questions in and around, Fallon. Don't worry. We will come to them in due course because it is going to split opinion. We'll come on to that. Um, Niall is in hope we are well buddy um, then the first of the quarterfinals again we'll come on to this but the quarterfinals split across two joke but Rob Cross, James Wade your boy Gob looked very good in this game <laughs> not so much later on but in this one he was very good he
3: nice did look very good. It's, he looked very, very good against Rob Cross in the group stage. And he looked very, very good against him once again in the quarterfinals. Um, the fact he's, he's got an injury and he's played this well throughout the week, despite being an absolutely no form. T- something just clicked for James. And we saw a little bit more of a character on stage from him. We saw a little bit more aggression. The weighty shuffle, as I like to call it. Because he just gives it the whatever. Uh, not, with both arms. With the fist pump. I t- don't mind seeing that at all from him, the only issue is left-handed so it's always the wrong bloody way, it's never on camera, um, but yeah, yeah. Look, he, he looked very, very good, the scoring was far more consistent, he seemed to be in the 180s a lot more, which is where he found himself at the start of the year his, his scoring to yeah. start the year was very, very good when he won the UK Open and he was picking up tournament uh, pro tours and he was chucking in ton plus averages for fun. that's not something we see from James Wayne very, very often, but he, he found that level at times this week not all the time but at times this week, um, and he, he punished from and The finishing looked a lot sharper as well. The, the struggle of James Wade's game in the last six weeks or so has been his tops and tens hitting, has been terrible. That was back at the normal James Wade level this weekend, and it got him as far as it did.
2: Yeah. Um, well, the, the world number one bit was was a little bit tricky. Um, it was nowhere near as clear-cut um, as he was world number number one and whatever,
3: but he was in with a shout before the Worlds if he'd have won. If, yeah, in that case, so in this tournament, if Gerwin Price had lost to Johnny Clayton and Peter Wright had won the tournament, he would have been number one by £10,000. If they, if he'd beaten the final, there was a chance, but it would have meant an early exit for Price and another tournament win for Snakey at the Players' Champs. And now he's guaranteed to be world number one come the, uh, yeah. World Championship
0: start
2: Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's that one. And there was also another one in the chat room. Um, James, you've got Fallon last 16. We were doing the sums at the weekend in the press room, and everyone reckons round three will be enough yeah. to get her a tour card. Yeah. That's what the, the PDC lads were obviously, nothing set in stone, but working it all out that they all reckon round three is enough. We'll come on to that in a minute. Fallon's got our own section. Um, but the Welsh Derby, Gesi found his best form in this one, He to pull away from Johnny towards the end.
4: Yeah, we did. It's similar in one aspect to the Bradley brots Didn't really perform to the level I think we expected, but then found it at the end. Similar in this one to Clayton. Uh, I was doing the preview for this night and looking back at the head-to-heads and Clayton picking up the last two, but Price's won before. It was looking like the Clayton had the better of Price, and for me, I saw Clayton uh, getting over the line this time when I was looking at that. But Price found a way, and he got better as the week went on. But it's then final stage of the games that, like I says, but and then this one, uh, he found that at the found at the end, and that's why he's world well, number one. Yeah, no,
2: absolutely, Ben. This night was a bit good, boys. First up, Michael Smith finally beats MBG in a televised ranking event. And if I'm being honest, that scoreline flatters Michael Van Gogh in a little bit, boys. Because I thought Michael Smith was sensational.
3: Yeah, there was a a little bit of a period where Smith switched off. Um, He he had a five-leg buffer twice, um, allowed that to be caught once, opened it up again to 12-7 I think it was Um, and then he got a little bit edgy towards the back end once he was on 13-14 or so. Uh, Van Gerwen won three on the spin but Mark Smith was was absolutely superb in this game. He he refused to retaliate or or get himself fired up on the stage which at times I, I definitely think helped in the performance at times I think he needed that little bit of a release because he knew that he was building up to that release as well at the end of the game. And I think that made him a little bit tense, if that makes sense. There was a couple of legs where he just needed something to get him going, to stop Michael in his tracks. Didn't have it because he was thinking, I can't react to that. I can't do this, as well as trying to think about playing the game. So, look, it was a stunning performance from Michael Smith, his first ever victory over Van Gogh in a televised rank of, ranked event. Um, it's just a shame it didn't lead to more, really, for Michael Smith because he's just banging on the door constantly.
2: Yeah. And look, Peter Wright defeats Fallon Sherrick, but this was an acid test pass for me because even in my preview, everyone knows that I'm a huge Fallon fan. I wasn't sure she could do it over this distance, Boise, but to average near on a tonne over 29 legs, that's a massive box ticked and pushed Peter Wright to play some of his best darts he's played in the last three months.
4: Yeah, Peter Wright was, for me, was outstanding on Saturday nights. And that was credit to Fallon because Fallon pushed him all the way. Um, as you said, the store line probably wasn't rising the first day, but this one was. Uh, Fallon could have potentially pushed him even closer. Uh, she was fantastic all week. Um, it would have been very interesting to see, as we, a lot of people have questioned over the length of this day and how she would perform. We've seen it. It would been very interesting to see, if she would then have done gone into the Sunday, Obviously, the following day, same length and then the same on Sunday night to see if she sort of performs that. But the question marks around the length and it puts her in great right position now for the Worlds to push on and she knows she can perform at that standard throughout. Uh, but she, yeah, she was quality all week. It was, yeah, it was no, a pleasure to be there and watch her perform to that to that standard uh, throughout the week. Yeah, no, c-
2: completely. Some superb stuff. i we say we'll, we'll cover that more shortly, but then the talking point, a long day ahead, two best of 33 games for the players, first up it was the Iceman gathering price against James Wade, and again a fairly one-sided um, boys, this one Wade nicked a few towards the end when Gezi switched off but 16-9, comfortable gob for the Iceman
3: Yeah, look the same phrase is evident here about James Wade. When he played Rob Cross and, and when he played earlier in the other rounds, you knew what you were getting from James Wade after five, six, seven legs because that's the level he stays at. After two legs, he was or three legs I think it was, he was averaging 68. He couldn't buy a treble, managed to pinch a couple. There was about a 20-point gap in the averages and it was 3-2 on throw. But even then, that start was just too bad for James Wade to recover from it. It looked like the injury was affecting a little bit more on the, on the Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Um, but, yeah, it, it just wasn't a great performance from Wadey. incredibly flat. I think it was dragged up a little bit towards the end just because he wasn't getting chances to miss that. so a double really go and Price was superb. And to be able to maintain that top level that Price did without anything coming back at you is probably harder than having somebody do it along with you because you have to be good in every single leg. You can't have a couple of legs where you just score right but don't have to hit the double because your opponent's already there or done it. So, yeah, that that level from Price was was virtual Liverpool. His his fitness is just such an asset um, to him. You look at the other players that played on this day, we'll we'll get into the discussion in a minute, but it it just helps so much on a day like this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Evening, Mace. Hope you are good, buddy. Um, See you on Thursday, um, the second semi-final. Michael Smith had played really, really well. But that final eight-leg blitz from Peter Wright-Boise, when he averaged around the 115.2 mark for those eight legs, was nothing short of stunning.
4: Yeah, it, it was just clinical throughout. The 180s were just non-stop from Peter Wright. The God says the finishing was unreal. There was nothing Mortal Smith would do, um, really. He did push him a little bit, but... Peter Wright in those eight legs, was just outstanding. Um, fair credit for Michael Smith, though, getting in that position. Just for me, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see him following the MVG performance up. Um, how we did when he started that, yeah, he fell off at the end, but Peter Wright was just incredible. Those those eight legs were probably the best we're gonna see this year from someone in one. Um, for ourselves, it was great to see, yeah.
2: Yeah. Moving on to the final, though, this is one where it was a huge advantage going first goal because Gezi got to leave the venue, rest, recuperate, and unfortunately, boys, spoiler alert, the final was about as good, as well as one-sided as Manchester United Liverpool. Oh, yeah
3: you're going to go the David Hayline then? I was like, no, we definitely cannot use that one at 20 past eight in the evening. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and this will lead us on nicely to the discussion about the format. and Price's performance was phenomenal. But to have to play two best of 31 matches on the same day, Snakey said he was absolutely knackered. He went second as well, obviously. Um didn't start great price blew him away to start with but it's just a bit of both isn't it like if peter wright had an extra day to replay that game would it go differently possibly that's something that we'll never know but as we said going price absolutely loves this venue absolutely loves this event um and the final day he was unplayable even if he had three different fresh opponents or or whatever i still think he would have come away with a trophy Tournament, tournament wise he started very very badly um Lost to Schindler in the group, possibly should have lost to Rafferty, might have even gone home at that point. Um, but he found a way to win, as, as champions do, and finds himself all the way into the final. It's really good looking run on paper to get there if you're beating Clayton Wade uh, right to win a title. That, that's not too bad, not quite as good as what Michael Smith's run would have looked like if he'd gone on to lift it. Um, but certainly somewhere near. Um, yeah, like I said, look incredibly one-sided final disappointed from snakey promised us he was going to win the title which when he's done a couple of times this year he's delivered the fact he even made a final after promising that the form he's carried the last few weeks it is amazing to me because he looked like he was going to struggle in the group change his darts every single match as he does still looked like he had a little bit of tinkering towards the knockout stages but a little bit more consistent um, with those anyway um and he, he just fell flat in the final
2: yeah um the interesting thing we all not criticised, but we all asked questions of: Had Price made the right decision? Are you flying back to the UK Friday afternoon before the play on Saturday? But it's worked out for him because he got better as the tournament got on. Yes, there was a bit of rust early on, but he looked refreshed towards the end.
4: Yeah, he did. However, as you said, just it nearly backfired. Does um, the with them. But, yeah, there was very much, there was times early on where there was pressure on Marty if he was going to get through that route. Um, but, yeah, in the end, you can't really moan. He's, he's got the trophy, he's got the money. And it worked well for him, but it was certainly a risk. And something I'm guessing he'll consider if that happens next year because of the start he had to the slam. Yeah, we've got a couple of clips but to play. It,
3: on, and I don't know it's a big hit. If he was two legs away... If two legs had gone the other way in the Rafferty game or the Brooks game, we'd be having a very, very different conversation right now. So yes, look, he got away a bit of the big moments, and it looks like it's worked out okay, but we could have been having a very, very different conversation about the fact he started so slowly, only just made his way through, helped him in the latter stages, but in the early stages, it nearly cost him the tournament.
2: Yeah, agree. We've got a couple of clips to play from Gezi and Peter from their media afterwards. Remember the full interviews over on our YouTube channel. Head over there once we are done on the light rounds this evening yeah it's, it's nice to have the kids and you know the family there but you know, especially my wife and I look over and, and she G's me up and I'm giving her the all the signs and <laughs> you know, when I'm down I'm like oh, and then when I'm up I'm like giving it to her and she gives it back and yeah it's good to have someone there that uh, I know a focal point I spoke to you, you know, but, but the hotel in the week I said when I when it comes to quarter semis final I seem to find that extra gear and, and I did that uh, today and obviously uh, against Johnny I thought that was my, my final I really wanted to get through that one you know, get a bit of a monkey off my back so to speak and yeah it was um, it was good and I felt more comfortable after that game heading towards Alexandra Palace the way you're feeling new you form is there anyone that's going to take that title from you uh, hopefully not but I've got a big event next week i will play championship finals in, in my head, so you know 100% concentration on that one first and yeah look forward to the Worlds after that interesting words from the world number one um, looks like Boise's wildfire fi has, has done one He'll, come back and join us in yes! a second. It wouldn't
3: be a 50th <laughs> show if we did have some sort of technological problems, but it's
0: not
2: me. <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah. It, it, interesting that he actually enjoys having his family
3: back up, which I know a lot of them have said. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not something they've been able to do for a long, long time. Um, yeah. It's interesting to, to have them around and see the difference it makes. Um, I, I still find it interesting how often that price is the one to bring up the crowd rather than the other way around, etc. Um, but, yeah, the family there definitely helps him. If he says it keeps him relaxed and it's something else to focus on, he's got something else. But there is a lot of downtime in between games. We might be criticising the fact on a final day they have to play two best of 31s. But for the rest of the week, for the rest of the tournament, there's a to long time to be waiting and have downtime. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Um, and now
4: we've got a little bit from Peter Wright. Uh, not really. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, I don't like my hand. Uh, it's too far away. Uh, it's just like stupid roads all the way down. When it says, like, 30 miles to the... Uh, and it takes you two hours. Uh, the last 30 miles is just absolutely ridiculous. But the people down there get some decent roads, uh, uh, it'd be quicker to get a boat from there to minehead but there you go but it's a it's a great place for the, all the dark fans and um, which is the main thing and um, uh, yeah i'll be there to upset a few people there we are bike not a fan
2: of minehead boys
3: he's just not got a great record there has he to me he's not the first one to say it and he definitely probably won't be the last one to say it. there are some players that absolutely love it there are some members of our team that absolutely love it. Mr. Jarlip and if you're watching, you're definitely one of those. Um, but fans, some fans love it. Some fans hate it. And, and, don't get me wrong. The venue as, as, a, as a site for people to go and stay for the weekend, absolutely superb. The temperature, horrible. We go down to the coast in February and November, nah. And I get that's the only time you can really get – a holiday park in the UK because they're not being used. But crikey, it is cold.
2: It is, and if by magic, and it's as if we teed it up, boys, the fiftieth show, and we've got the African Warrior Devin Peterson joining us. Devin, hey, Yo, what's
1: happening, guys? You good? <laughs> number fifty. Really good, really good. I mean, you came a long way. I mean, number fifty. I remember us speaking about you going on your own journey and now you're at the 50th show congratulations
2: yeah it's um we've been commissioned for, for for 50 of them and no sign of stopping which is always good we've um said some controversial things over those episodes and we're like that might not go down well but we're on um, we're, we're <laughs> still here so it's all good
1: yeah i think um saying controversial things is is obviously what keeps you kicking and keeps you in the in the mouths of the fans if you're saying the same things that everybody else is saying. I mean, you just become one of the newspapers, anyways. Just reading the story differently, but yeah, I think you guys are doing a great job and and bringing bringing dots in a different way to to the fans and and having a lounge. It's it's virtually like you're chilling out and just chatting about dots and everybody else just jamming with you. Yeah, well, you missed
3: you know, we the said, you know, nonsense, I... That's what we told, apparently. Yeah.
1: Uh, we always said
2: from day one that we weren't going to hide because, like you'd say, some outlets just toe the line, and we always said, look, we're just going to be us and just say what how we feel, whether it's right or wrong. And, and like you say, people have bought into that, as you can see in the chat room, absolutely rammed every week, and, and people love it.
1: Yeah, Phil, you've never you've never uh, struck me as a guy that toes the line. Um, <laughs> listening to and seeing your <laughs> interviews after. <laughs> And the controversial questions that you do ask, knowing that um, there's going to be a kind of answer that we can tossed in turn. But listen, you only speak the truth, and you you bring it you bring it across brilliantly. So, yeah, I'm happy to be on the 50th show.
2: First of all, mate, how are you? Um, mine head this weekend. This time, this time last year, it was your best year of your career, and I'm guessing highs and lows of sport. This year has been one of the lowest
1: yeah i think it's it's going into the tournament quite differently i don't think i was at my very peak when i went into minehead last year um but obviously the the circumstances were different there was no crowds there was um it was the continuation of play it was the unpredictability and and kind of just confusion of the whole pandemic and and just where everything was at and i think this season i mean you you asked me the question repeatedly uh about my my rest um and yeah back end of the season my rest wasn't doing too great and I think this time around my rest is is like I said um in after we spoke in at my net, no not my net, when we had the first the UK open um yeah. my rest has been great since then it's just finding the rhythm and the fluency and then adding to the confidence and all of those things so yeah basically stripped down my free throw and just went back to kind of basics and just kind of building it up slowly but surely and kind of getting ready for the back end and obviously the world champs, which is everybody's focal point every year. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to be fully fit by by the world. Um, and by the end of this week, I mean, it, it could be a different thing where you kind of turn up at at, at, um, at Mindhead and kind of just change the way in which people see your game. Yeah, definitely. I know that
2: we've spoken about watching you on the show quite a lot I know that the boys have as well I know you're again you're, you're good at saying the right things in the public domain but looking back now we, we said I'm it and I don't mind too. saying it but that wrist wasn't good was it and I know you said no it's fine it's fine it's fine but it wasn't was it
1: no so this is the one thing that I obviously don't talk about. Um, I type it out of everybody's mouth simply because it becomes a, a talking point all the time. And if you have a bad game, is the rest and blah, de blah, blah. Um, you've not said that my wrist was injured. You asked if it's okay, uh, which is the way in which you, you kind of get your, your story across. Uh, but yeah, the, the rest... Um, it's been it's been a, a, in the beginning it was a strike because it was it was it was doing stuff that it shouldn't have and yeah I've, I've my throat deteriorated slowly but surely and I found myself at the very low point um, in my game uh, I think it's it's it does it easy right now uh, but luckily for me I I kind of could just strip it all away and piece it back together now I'm I'm, I'm kind of finding some rhythm some form uh, I'm not getting the results yet but those things change, and, and Devin Peterson and Ale- Alexander Palace have a great relationship. So, yeah, I'm hoping to contact that relationship, turning to Ali Um That kind of reinvents my, not my season, but my career. And just kind of because it's the starting point of every season. So, hopefully, it's a great start.
2: Absolutely. A lot of love in the chat room as well, mate, from, from Dev. Everyone's loving having you in, in the chat room, which is always good.
1: <laughs> What's happening, everyone?
3: Do, do you think because you did a lot of work on your throw when you hit form last year with the likes of Wayne Mardle he spoke about it an awful lot on TV? That now that you've had the injury and you said you've been rebuilding your throw, because you've been through that process with somebody already when you were fully fit, it was easier to go through again this time in a build up to the back end of this year?
1: Yeah, it's understanding, and that was always the bottom of myself and Wayne and Chris. Just discussing Blueprint, so how to replicate um, that kind of form and that kind of thrill, which will then get you closer to um, kind of performing euphorically in a sense where nobody can touch you. That's where and Price is right now. Uh, Johnny Clayton as well in some patches. Um so yeah, it's 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 that blueprint going towards and knowing your thrill. I don't think there's a lot of dark players that actually know how to throw, like what they thrill consists of and the pieces and trajectory. That's why you young people say, um, "Yeah, I was feeling tonight." Or so those are the things that I, I want to avoid. Um, and I say on uh, in my career, which I've, I've probably had like eight or nine years already, as but it's, I still feel like the best is yet to come. So putting the place now the longevity when the form does return and yeah it will it will change the way in which i approach games um and the confidence will be multiplied uh phenomenally by by just knowing exactly how to throw and what it felt like when i was at my very not at the very peak but i think at the at the heights of my of my strings uh which was my scoring power and working on the finishing as well so yeah i think i think knowing exactly how to throw or how your throw works and all the technical technicalities that go with it um is is important but a lot of players obviously they frown upon coaching and see it as almost like they don't want to help but i think that for me it's it's helped me like tremendously and even at my great, at my greatest, or at my highest, it was it was perfect. Um, it was helping me a lot. And then at my lowest, it's probably the things that I could clutch onto and and make me still feel like I have a career within dots. Love that. Love
3: What's, that. What is the? you said a lot of players around What is the conversation around coaching like at the very very top level? Because from the outside, people have been saying it for a long long time that. If you're an elite sportsman, there is no other sport in the world where every player goes away without being able to look at themselves or have somebody from the outside that knows what they're doing take a look at what you're doing and say, this is where you need to improve on or this is what you're doing differently. And it still seems quite stubborn on the top. We're seeing a a few more start opening up, Rob Cross, yourself, Dozer, etc. But it still seems very, very reluctant from the top guys. Is that conversation expanding a little bit more? Have you had people coming up to you going, what's it like? Does it help, etc. or not really?
1: Yeah, I think when I was playing really well, a lot of people wanted to know it seemed to them as though there was a switch or a click and then immediately it became kind of, it was untouchable. And the conversations around it, like you could see when you enter a room, it's it's the the, the vibe changes because you're no more just a player that pulls up the numbers or you a player that's beatable. I mean, you become the one that is now. It's almost like where the the, the hunters, which is the top players, become the hunted and they knew that they had bounties on their head when they played against me. Um, which was which was a thing. And and I could I could attest it to hard work and the coaching and obviously at the advice I got uh from the likes of Cloyd as well, Phil Taylor. It's a it's a whole host of things. I think a lot of players these days, um, especially the top tier players, feel as though they have achieved a lot um up and until this point. And the coaches that exist currently. Probably haven't achieved as high as they have, and it's frowned upon. As in, how can you tell me if you've not achieved the same? So we, you look at it as from a management perspective. Guardiola was a great player, and he's a good manager. Uh, Jose Mourinho wasn't a great player, uh, but he's a great manager. So you you look at those things. For um, the same thing, um, great player, bad coach. So you you look at Things like like that, and you and you see the coaches that exist currently now. It's it's all for me. Coaching is is, is a personal thing. Like it's 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 uh, it's eyes on the outside, so you can see where the small things. You can feel the small things that need to change. But somebody seeing it and pointing it out, it's so much easier, and you can actually kind of medicate the problem immediately. But the players don't see it as that, and a lot of players um, still make mistakes, and and sometimes you feel as though. Um, their peak has passed, and for them to re, kinda reignite that, its coaching will be needed. I mean, every single sports code or yeah has coaches, except darts. Like dedicated coaches. I mean, you see golfers, even Tiger Woods, um, Rory McElroy, all of these Bryson DeChambeau's, all of these top players have coaches. Um, they have. You have a skill, but it needs to be nurtured. And and I think that a lot of players only go to coaches when they are in a bad spot. And that's the wrong way, because you you kind of trying to fix a problem. Whereas when you're playing at your best, you need to kind of improve and, and even perfect the current the current throw that you have. So, yeah, I don't think that coaching is a is a massive talking topic, even though it should be on tour.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned football, just before I move on, because my friend at the bottom of the screen, you've had a really good little bit of back and forward with over the year, Dev. Yeah. Um, you're looking quite
1: good. Yeah, it's not even trail. it's not it's not even it's not even back and north now anymore. It's just me throwing it at him and him just kind of <laughs> yeah. just sending emojis because he doesn't he doesn't have anything to say. I mean, a team like Mike, um like Man uh, obviously performing at all and certainly leading off coaching, not just uh from a football perspective, but I think just confidence coaching. So you got the one of the greatest players of all time, as they would quote him. Um, yeah, he's not doing anything and and that, I think, is a hinder. And so, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that he's going to have to pay the bet, um at the end of the season because they'd probably finish uh, mid-table um, and Liverpool will probably go on to win the league. But this will be recorded as the 50th show and when they do, you can just revert back to this. He's not,
4: so um, nice. Devin, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not one of the best players in the world. By the way, he is the best player in the world. Just to clarify on that. Uh, so Devin. you told okay, me I have this, when you I thought
3: have he a... was moving to Man
1: City? Never. I would never say that. <laughs> I have a. I have a. I have a big. I have a big thing like with regards to the greatest players. Like I don't even think Ronaldo's in the top five. So unfortunately, um, he's a great player. Like you can't take it away from him, but not greatest of all time. It doesn't make the, for the let, football dash more.
4: so out and we hide Devon from this part
1: of the conversation. <laughs> You
3: invited
1: him. Sorry, I'm not sure if you're not
3: to I think you Can, can we
1: go back to can we go back to darts? Because that will just be an absolute slandering and a slaughter of Lee at all times. So yeah, let's leave that for the for the for the personal side of home. Because I think uh, there's no it's it's literally like beating a dog like my friends back home that are big man United fans. I don't even send them anything anymore. I just say, Are you okay? Are you doing well? How's the family? <laughs> simply because it's a constant disappointment and I, and and it's it's sad. It's it's just I don't know. I, I I can't even I can't even like there's so many people that place bets on me at the beginning of the season. I message them now just to find out if they're okay. I don't even want to cash in on the bets because I feel as though it's like it's like taking money away from people, like stealing my. You know what I mean? Like it's just crazy. So yeah. Let's rather talk about dots. Have you spoke about Fallon Sharok yet?
2: No, we haven't. But we're we're gonna bring it up. Where are
1: you? Wow. Okay. No, I just wanted to. Do, I just I just thought. Let me just throw that out there because you got to the finals and and how great it yeah, was no. and seeing all of those things and and that was great.
2: Where are you on the Fallon for the Premier League debate? We've had many pros over the last 48 not, hours. Some of them. I'm not even in the, in the room.
1: I, I don't even think it should be discussed like Premier League because you. Did what you got to a, a quarterfinals and maybe a final of a World Series that you were invited to um, and got a buy as well and all of those things. So I'm going to say this: right. Fallon Sherrock is a phenomenal dart player. And I say phenomenal simply because not because I'm a sexist, but from a woman perspective, the 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 there's no parallel like men and women competing on 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 different platforms in the universe where the sporting codes can combine only simply like darts. A sport like darts, you can play at the same, even in golf, they play at closer tees. Uh, But darts is, there's no bias, which is a fantastic thing. And she's formed on the stage. And that's what the PDC offers, is it offers you an opportunity if you are good enough, whether you are male, female, or other, you can compete as long as you are good enough. And I said, she is good enough. The the Premier League, I think that getting a, an invite to the World Series is probably as far should go for invite perspective because she'll be great as an asset touring and and she'll grow the sport that way. Premier League is it could be damaging. It could be where she turns up because it's a different animal. It's 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 uh, it's an exhibition of top talent, and I'm not saying she's not top talent, but. She's averaged one hundred in this tournament that she played in. Now, uh, once uh, she averaged between like ninety-two, ninety-three, consistent in the Premier League, you you could get you could get damaged, and her confidence could drop, and we could lose the likes so of she Felon Sherek. So I feel as though keeping her away from the Premier League until she deserves it or earns it. That's great. Um, the first thing is is tour card. I think having a tour card is probably the most important thing because then it won't seem as though she's getting everything simply because on a on a, on a run of form that she had um, in the Women's Series and then taking it on to the World Series and then Grand Slam. Like, there's been players that made semi finals and quarterfinals, like Dirk van Diebenbode. Last season, he made four quarterfinals and a final. He never got the thought of um, for Premier League. So, it just seems as though, like, from an asset perspective, you could still kind of keep her in in the fold, but from a World Series, but not Premier League. I think Premier League should be kept for the elite and the players, aspiring players to achieve that. Because once you start, once you start doing stuff like, it just waters down what the uh, what the Premier League means to to the fans and the players.
2: Just throwing it out there, the Premier League has already been tarnished in recent years because players have bargained for a place in it so it's not so i get of that, that but that yeah. it's not unheard of that places have been given when they're not necessarily deserved
1: yeah i think i think from a from a deserved perspective i mean they're all professional uh, tour players and i also think that having those players that like you say have bargained for it is as probably deserved it simply by winning majors uh, performed previously and probably not at their peak, and getting those 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 positions. Remember they, those players that are bargaining, they have taken the PDC from where it was, or carried on the or took the button from the Phil Taylor, like the likes of Phil Taylor and Barney and all of these top players, and carried it on. So I understand where you're coming from, but you have to understand that those players that have the bargaining chip have a legacy that they have. If you go in on form and all of those things, it can't just be given to her though, because I can tell you this though. So the Grand Slam was fantastic. Um, her performance in the Grand Slam, I mean, she she got through, and like Gabrielle Clements was this close. He slightly shifted and shaken by her performance, and this conversation would not have happened. But obviously, she took out the one for one, the one seventy phenomenal. But it's not the first time a one seventy has been taken out on TV. So I feel as though, like sometimes blowing her up completely, um, it almost like it's almost like, look at this—a girl done this. I, I feel as though that kind of waters it down. It might just be my view, but I feel as though it waters it down simply because she's not just a she's a phenomenal dart player. She exhibitions with the best as well. So, um, and she's shown that through the Modus League, uh, through the Women Series. And she's definitely creating that bridge and that gap and, and causing a stir with, with regards to a kind of male-dominated sport for, for years and years. And she's kind of the shift. But I think giving her things simply because that shift is happening now, I don't think that that is going to kind of almost cement her in, in, in the darting community. Because one thing I can tell you is, is it, it turns very quickly. Like people can love you a minute and then something happens and then it turns and then you lose that entire, and then you're going to have to wait how many, we don't even know who's the next kind of player to bring on. Like Lisa Ashton is amazing. And I'm not saying she's at the end of her career. She's probably one of the, still one of the stalwarts of the women's kind of scene. you got Makuru as well. Um, that's there. you got Dieter at the end of her career in a sense i'm not saying that her career is ending but obviously with age and 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 youthfulness and all of that appeal all of these factors have to be taken into account and i think that just giving her the premier league spot is gonna be it's gonna be it's not gonna be accepted by all and i think that it could turn like things sour, but what I'm saying, what I am saying, is as the bottom line, she's a phenomenal dart player and she should be respected for that, not just being a woman playing darts at a high level, but as a dart player, just phenomenally good.
2: But arguably, right now, she is the most famous dart player in the world, commercially, and we all know we all know Barry yeah. loves the pound note. Let, let, let's be really <laughs> honest. His first words. Yeah, I think
1: I think it, then,
2: I think was I the money. Commercially, she makes more sense to have in
1: there than probably seven of the top ten in the world. Just saying. Okay, so I can counter that argument. The Premier League sells out all the time, right? So you get crowds. It's not dwindling. The numbers are not dwindling. So you're looking at... She gets beat the first three nights, right? Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, in previous years tickets get sold out, or tickets get sold, people are excited to the darts, all of these things, right? We know that the pandemic happened last season. You bring her into the darts, right? And she plays in the Premier League. She doesn't find it as comfortable as she did before because now there's more stuff. And I know that she's performed countless times under pressure where the hype was big. The Premier League is a different animal. And I feel as though she disappoints in that league it becomes a thing that follows her and it trails her, and then it becomes like she doesn't perform after that. Like many players that have played in the Premier League and not performed well, and you see their careers go down, 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 and they disappear. The 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 one thing is is I'm not saying that she's not an asset to the, the sport. I'm not saying that she's not uh, commercially uh, viable for Sky and PDC. What I am saying is is in respect for the the play itself is to get an opportunity to play on the tour, kind of sharpen your teeth on the, the pro tour. She's performed well on stage, but she's not at a tour card. So she can play well against a woman in the, a woman series, but when it comes to Q School, get that tour card. Then you're talking about constant performance, uh, European tours, all of these things. Then it then changes the conversation. But up and until that time, I think that, giving a player a Premier League spot that doesn't have a tour card. And we could be changing our conversation right now. If she wins two or three games at the Worlds, then I think she's in the spot for the tour card. And then it becomes like she's automatically, because based on performance and depending on the run on the form, then it becomes, a okay, cool. If she fails there, um, and I'm not saying she's going to fail, but if she does experience a difficulty at the Premier League, she still has the tour to fall back on and she won't be lost to the world. But if she doesn't have a tour card and she fails or she doesn't perform well at the Premier League, yeah, then it becomes a... Because she struggled. She didn't perform well at the Challenge Tour. So I, I feel as though like is it going to be a step because she's obviously come in, she's performed well, so now she's creating that hype and that hype is amazing. But once the, the air is let out the balloon and you 30,000 feet above ground, I mean, the impact that it's when you hit the ground is quite hard.
2: Here's one for you. And I know people in the chat room are asking. We asked for clarification from the mighty Dave Allen at the weekend about having a tour card and playing in the Premier League. The official ruling is if you are a, mem- a fully-fledged member of the PDPA, you can be considered for Premier League selection.
1: Yeah, the Premier League, the Premier League was is always a exhibition. It's not. Saying that she
2: can't because she hasn't got a tour card is is irrelevant. Because no, 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 no. So my my house, so what
1: I'm saying is good. it's not about the tour card that makes her relevant. I'm saying that to. Say, for example, right? she's blooming right now as a flower, and you cut her. In seven days' time, that flower is dead, and the flower will not exist. Right? I'm saying leave her in the garden, let she bloom for longer, and then that's it. You don't want to lose a player. Like, the Premier League is deadly. Like, it can kill your career. I can name like 10 players that not currently in the tour right now and all played in the premier league and experience like a shock to the system when they played in the premier league. and you look at their performances after that so you, i'm saying that from a yes she's the hyper woman now she's she's performing well on stage um men are finding it difficult to perform against her simply because of the 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 age old kind of caveman she's a girl i shouldn't be losing to her and all of those things Mentally, it's tough to play against Fallon right now. Of course, she's she's doing all these phenomenal things. What I'm saying is, is give her the Premier League spot, and I'm not. I want to play devil's advocate here. Yeah, I'm not saying she's gonna fail, but I'm saying if she fails and she doesn't have a tour card, how do you bring her back? How do you how do you invite her to the World Series after that? She did Let's say she ends up lost. She's not gonna have an opportunity to to find some resurgence like like and find some she can correct it by having a good run in the tour or find some confidence. She's constantly playing against the top, top players, performing players in the world. A 93 average sometimes won't cut it. So my my thing is, is I'm looking out for the player itself. I'm saying that she's great for the sport. And I hope that um, in whether it's this time around after the Worlds, or when she goes to Q School, she gets a tour card. If she doesn't get a tour card and she's in the Premier League, I think that pressure becomes a lot more to handle, and I, it could I, cause I, like I, damage.
4: Just one one question around the Women's Series: because we have obviously it's had two years now, moving to the third? Do you think the win the winner yeah.
1: of the order of merit from the winners? Is- uh, women's series should that at all die so this is a con this is not a conversation this is the thought i had before coming on tonight actually because everybody seems to be getting a tour card uh when you're talking about the likes of um uh development tour challenge tour the european the youth all of those things and it's probably it's probably in PDC's best interest to do that simply because from a business perspective, I mean, if Fallon's got a tour card and Lisa has a tour card, then the third best player will be offered a tour card, which will then change the way in which the women's series grows because now there's a carrot a, a being dangled like just get to this top level and you can then perform on. On um, on the pro tour, it's the same thing as how the youth develop, how the the development tour grew, and how the challenge tour remains to be so consistently full and entered everywhere simply because there's a tour card up for grabs, there's a world championship place up for grabs, Grand Slam spot up for grabs. The carrot is big enough, and I think that in that sense, it's definitely going to happen. It it just seems as though like it's it's the next step. Um, and that will start growing the the women series. The PDC obviously do the due diligence and check all of these things out. But I think that it's 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 not when. No, it's not if. It's just when.
3: Next year has to be it. I, I don't like the thought of them doing it retrospectively after the fact. Like if it's not in the rule start when we had the issue of the European Championship where they refused to change the qualifying criteria this year because that was the rule set out at the start of the year and they only got two events and that was the official rule of as to why we couldn't do something else to get players. The likes of Johnny Clayton missing the European Championship. I know he had to attempt as a seed and, and whatever else, but it just felt dark that he wasn't in that tournament. And it, it's another one of those. It's The PDC for me can be very, very frustrating. I wonder if the players feel the same in that there's such quite often inconsistency in the way that they make decisions, the way that the bottom half of the tour get their opportunities, et cetera, and, and and that sort of thing.
1: I think the PDC obviously they do what is right for the business. Simply, us as players, uh, we um, earn a living off from what they've created. So yes. for them to to kind of not trial and error, but kind of make a decision, and you can understand they've always been consistent with regards to the ruling. Though. And Barry Hearn doesn't change rulings. It just it it's if that's the ruling from the start of the season, you knew what the rulings were. So we can't complain. Yeah. Yes, you will complain. But ultimately, it remains consistent with the ruling. So um, like you like you were mentioning about the, the, the European tour, obviously the criteria changing. The thing is, is changing that criteria now and then playing it for this year, simply because of the pandemic, it's easier not to change it so it remains consistent and nobody's confused. It's the same thing where they introduced the different times. So they were starting at 2 o'clock, and then they changed back to 12, and then they left the last day at 12. So it all becomes a talking point and confusion. So I think the PDC are consistent with, with the ruling. You know exactly what it is. I hear what you're saying with regards to the women's tour, though. Like, if it's to shoehorn Fallon in to the, the pro tour, I think it would be... I don't want to say it wrong, but I say... I. I it would go against the consistency that they have been showing over the the, the two three decades that they have been co- that the PDC existed. So I, I feel I feel like we won't experience that kind of shock, um, and it would be a shock to me if they did kind of change it. But there's different people at the helm now, and and I think that from from a, from a, a, a commercial perspective, it makes commercial sense to to have it. there. I just feel as though if you're doing it like you say in the retrospect if they if they do the rule now for next season that's great that that would be mean the women's tour will grow you'll get players from everywhere i can guarantee you south african women will come as well um but i don't know obviously the pdc does what the pdc wants so yeah i i feel as though i just hope that they keep everything consistent and, and make sure that um it doesn't change that quickly
3: do what's you find that? it mad that the second biggest televised sport in the country, in the UK, the sport that keeps growing, keeps having this debate around what's good for the sport commercially and what occurs naturally, and what, what occurs through natural competition and, and what develops that way? This doesn't happen anywhere else. Golf have added a <laughs> yeah, phone to whoever's the most active on social media, but that's literally the only place, like, Ronaldo was a signing that made commercial sense, but they didn't. Man United aren't telling us they signed him for commercial viability. They're telling them they signed him because they wanted him in the squad. Like it just doesn't happen anywhere else. I'm not about to go and sign another footballer because he, he boosts my sales in China or somewhere. It, that, that's this is the only sport in the world where we're sat here. and fans are lapping it up as well. The amount of fans that go in, oh yeah, she's marketable, she's commercial. That means that you're buying tickets and stuff. You can't sit there and say, oh she'll do this, she'll do that if you're the fan base and you're saying this but none of you are acting on it then that's not actually happening
1: that's true i mean you 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 spot on with that and and i feel as though um the sport itself and i think the sports that you mentioned now like football it's that's global darts is is growing but it's not it's it's on every continent but it's not as big as it is in the uk like PDC wise, so if you look at football, it's 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 massive. So the PDC simply still fly the flagship, and and they still kind of steer this Titanic that's growing so rapidly over the over globally. But I feel as though like the narrative is created through the media, and fans don't really kind of if I'm if I'm honest, fans don't really think about anything else but who they want to see. Um, if you ask him who's the, the the best player in the world currently now, and Johnny Clayton just won the last tournament, it would be Johnny Clayton. Who's the number one player right now? It's Gerwyn Price. Uh, did he play his best starts? No, he did not. Uh, does that still make him the best player in the world because he just won a trophy? It's it's simply it's for the the guys like us, like the the players or the guys like you. Um, Uh, like the Ananax of the sport that that changed the way in which people see and view. That's why I kind of never mentioned anything on on Twitter about the Fallon Shadow kind of movement or the everybody drinking from the same cup. Um, I, I just stayed away from it simply because my view was is that if you're going on because she's a woman, then I think that your view needs to change because I mean women can play as good as men. Um and secondly, obviously from a from a com- and I understood the commercial, so I was kinda torn between the two and saying something. So I'm not just gonna say it for the sake of it. So yeah, I think I think the PDC's the PDC's still capitalizing on its growth. So steering and, and kind of choosing a correct way yeah, I think it's just all up to them. They, they, they kind of run the monopoly. So whatever we say doesn't really kind of land on their ears. It might land on their ears, but they they won't take it to heart. Though. I think it's just what's commercially um, sensible and and viable for for the sport. And also with with you got prize money that that that, that the one that their goals are is sen- essentially to increase the prize money so that players that are playing on tour kind of win one game and the money is increased and um, I mean, the money is then it covers your tour. So we're the only professional sport that where you turn up, uh, you don't get a salary, or you don't if you if you just at the event, um, unless you're playing in a major. So yeah, there's 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 a whole host of things that make it that makes sense in in regard to creating a commercial aspect of the sport and, and making it um, financially viable for the players to perform, so that we can obviously bring you the entertainment up our game and all of these things. So, yeah, I think I think for now, the PVC is still dominating like they could or should be.
3: And then I guess, before we let you go, Deb, because we've got plenty more to talk about on the 50th show, we might as well ask you a quick look ahead about the Players' Championship this weekend. Back down in my head, Jose Souza first round. You snuck in at number 64. He's number one seed. I mean, in terms of number one seeds on current form, it could have been a lot worse for you. But Jose's
1: not one to be taken lightly, is it? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's 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 phenomenal. I mean, last the few seasons that we've performed against each other, I got the better of him. But obviously at that time I was still playing kinda of a level that I, I could respect in a sense. Um at this point in time now I feel as though um it's gonna be me sharpening my, my, my teeth um on him and, and seeing as how good he can be and and knowing how good he can be it's gonna it's gonna mean that I'm gonna have to kinda have full concentration and I want that. Um yeah, Jose Jose hasn't been his 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 ultimate best. Um I've had a chat with him before um, at the World Cup and, and I understand why he's not kind of fully kind of fully fit in a sense. Um but yeah, it's gonna be a great game. And the crazy thing about me creeping in is is I've not had a great season, but he has still qualified for the players' championship and and, and that's just kind of testament to a odd slog and, and just continue, just keep swimming. So, yeah, I think playing against the number one seed is not the first time um, and it probably won't be the last time we encounter a number one seed. And, yeah, I'm going to just give it all my my all and, and kind of hope, not hope for the best, but kind of put the plan together and see if I can just unsettle the, the Jose de Souza chain and, yeah, maybe maybe come out victorious.
3: Is it is it more about being up on stage in front of the cameras ahead of the world championships for you? Just to put that plan in action, see what comes of it, know what you need to do where the world is so big in terms of weighting and ranking that it can say you know pretty much more than anybody how much it can it can turn your career around. Is it is that what the players' championship is to you this time around?
1: Yeah, I think I think for me ultimately, um I've worked on a few things, um, rhythm and fluency in in my thrill has been has been something that I've not um had the option opportunity to kind of grasp. Um everything else from a technical standpoint, understanding it all is great, but having that fluency is is most important. So feeling that that kind of vibe on stage will be great and having the crowds in and just experiencing that, and especially playing on main stage as well. I mean, on the Friday evening, it, it will be, it will be, um, it will be full to capacity, like it normally is, and and the crowds are, are generally uh, favorable in my in my favor always wherever I go. So hopefully that continues, and 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 if I can if I can turn up and um, shock him from the start. I mean, I know that he's a great runner in the, in the game. When he's ahead, can can lead great, and and it's tough to catch him. But I've also seen where he fumbles, um, if you shock him in the beginning. So I'll just go with a fumble strategy and just kind of lead him 3-0 and beat 6-3. That's kind of where I'm at.
3: You've just made Phil a very happy man. He's not convinced about Jose's ability to scrap out a game if you put him under pressure a little bit. <laughs> I we you,
1: you see it all the time, though. Like I, I watch, um, especially key players, I, I watch what they're doing um and you can see his shoulder goes into the throw he starts to lunge a bit more he starts to think a lot more about it he makes lots of mistakes um not just calculation mistakes but you can see like setups and so on and so forth and and just he kind of he kind of falls he falls apart basically and i'm not saying that he's a poor player he's a fantastic player but i know that there is faults like being being a pundit as well um when, when I was doing the commentary. I mean, these are the things that we would look out for and seeing it and, and you can see and capitulate. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not hoping for that, but I'm, I'm hoping for a good game. But if that happens, then um, yeah, I'm there to vacuum it up.
2: Just a quick one, Dev, before you go. That last players' championship, when you're sat in 64th and you're out early and there's nothing you can do, how much were you watching Darts' rankings?
1: Um... A lot. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a different it was a different feeling simply because I went into that weekend not looking at any of the rankings, because I thought I just need a few wins and I'll be fine. Never got the wins, played okay. Um, felt like I played decent enough to win, but the players that I played against just kinda turned up and, and performed and just took out crucial shots. Um, so yeah, when 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 I got when I got back to the hotel and I was like, let me see if I qualify, because in my mind I never qualified. And then I saw, hang on, I'm still in with a shout. And then I have never refreshed Dart rankings that many times. I think my battery died nearly and then I had to charge it because it was refreshing all the time. But listen, I think the, the big thing for me is, is being in the tournament. That is um regardless of whether you're number one, number sixty-four. Wherever you are, as long as you're in the major, things can happen at majors. Things can can change. can, can fall fall in your favor. Like I got to the world to the UK Open quarterfinals with a with a almost broken wrist. Um if that can happen, and I took Gezi to a ten nine, kinda it was it could have gone my favor if I hit the thirty two on the one oh nine. And I'm just saying things like that can happen. And when you get to a tournament and there's that feeling. That feeling can change how you feel about your next tournament. And we all know the next tournament is the world. So my, my big thing is, is just going there and just um, smiling all the time and just enjoying every moment on stage. Because simply, if you go in there and your shoulders are down and you look defeated, you will lose. But if you smile and, you, and they know that you're, they must feel your presence, it changes the way, it could change the outcome. And I'm, I'm excited for it it's it's going to be a, 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 a massive task to, to kind of defeat Jose D'Souza. But like David and Goliath, the story goes, David did come out on top.
2: Dev, absolute pleasure having you on, mate. I know you've gone over your, your, your time slot. I know you had some other stuff on this evening, but from us and everyone in the chat room... Yeah, I just need, a, I need to go work
1: on work these work guns. Up. I need to go work on the guns. <laughs> 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 it's been, it's been an absolute day. pleasure again.
2: Absolute pleasure.
1: Congratulations on the 50th episode. Well done. Pleasure, big man. See you in my head. See you in my
2: head, big man. And that everyone was the African warrior and breathe. (sighs) (laughs) However, whilst that was going on, we were also having a very interesting WhatsApp chat, hey boys.
3: We're now very, very behind <laughs> yeah. on our schedule for our 50th ever show. So, 50th ever show specific. might
2: be going for extra time, everyone. You, um, yes, you, we might be doing a few extra minutes. Um, yes. right back in the room, the players' championship in Mindhead, Macy's in the chat room. We'll be fronting the ITV coverage as always. The schedule has been released. Um, boys, it's gonna be a busy day.
3: When isn't it a busy day in mine and it's ridiculous? <laughs> um right. Are we
2: go- are we going off schedule order or draw bracket order?
3: Uh draw bracket. Right, there, there's okay. no real shocks in the schedule. There's no real shocks in the schedule, is there? Everyone that you pretty much expect to be on stage one is to start with. There's a couple of decisions that possibly could have gone either way. There's a couple of games that more out-and-out out darts fans would possibly love to see the likes of Ross Smith versus Rusty Jake Rodriguez could possibly have been a mainstay given the form those two in, etc. Um But, yeah, there's no real big surprise. You get the odd one in the afternoon, James Wade, Nathan Aspinall being afternoon games, but somebody has to miss out at some point, don't they? And you look at the names in the evening session, no surprise to see Barney straight back in the action, uh, Gary Anderson, Stephen Bunting, two great form players. Cross, D'Souza, Price, Van and Wright, Clayton. Very, very difficult to leave out AD Lewis, Kim Hybrex, I think. But that's why it's close in the afternoon on the main stage, I think, because that's one that they can build up to.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, if we're going in draw bracket order, boys. First up, Jose against the man we just had on, Devin Peterson. And I'm intrigued that, don't get me wrong, I know I was laughing and joking, but it's interesting that other players are thinking the same, boys, and they can see that. Take
0: him
4: to deep water. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't see it doing close as well. It's it's a game where neither of them are in the best of form um, where they've been before. Um So it's certainly one that's going all the way. And yeah, it's very interesting that a lot of people are looking at, at, at Jose in the latter stages of dames, and especially in this format early on, uh, it opens up for a potential uh, of our first seed and Coming through that as well, it's not an easy tie for whoever comes through it with Mervyn Darius to follow up.
2: Yeah, Mervyn Darius up next again. Tricky little tie. Is, are we going through them all, all the first round or just the
3: key ones? There's a lot to go through. Maybe we just go through the key ones. Um,
2: to be fair, I'm just looking at it. Gezi's in quite a nice little half, isn't he? Or a little quarter, should I say. I don't you see. say that. Jason
3: Lowe has a little bit of history at Minehead. Yeah, but
2: he's going there in no form. as well, that's
3: history he like should that. have because he definitely should have beat a Michael Van Gerwen, and he, he, he's not in the same place he was. But yeah, look, Martin Schindler in white, Brendan Dolan, Chaz Barsto, EDC's TV yes, you, debut. Yes, please. Oh, well, as well,
4: You say Martin Schindler. Well, you say Martin Schindler. Martin Schindler beating last week. He did. Okay. In a similar in a similar type format, so
2: is it then? Is it still sits then, mind you. Yeah. as well. Twitter beef. Ian White picking on Webby. That went down well on Twitter, didn't it?
3: Did he? I, d- I missed that one.
2: Oh, um, Ian wasn't happy with the Sky commentary, um, and Webby actually replied to him. Do you care to elaborate, Ian? And didn't.
4: Yeah, I saw it up to there. I didn't see it. I didn't see any more explanation from him. Yeah, it. Was but, the one um, I, as he, he, started, he, he didn't
2: come back. Um, mm. But look, I, I like that. I think Chizzy's got a tricky little tie in that quarter against Richie has. and that's a potential yep. little bananas. Bags team.
3: of one eighties in that
2: one. Bags of
3: one eighties yeah, um, in that one. Back the over. That is that is my only offering in that one. Back the over one eighties. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, Declan, yeah, pit stage two is on PDC TV. Shorty Mack is in the chat room as well. Hope you are well, mate.
3: Section two. And just before we do move on, Bill. I've just yeah. put up a poll before we go on to our next conversation. This isn't should. This is if you were head of the PDC, if you were Matt or Barry, would you put Fallon Cherrick in the Premier League this year? Can you not the should she to not for the, the PDC would you if you were the head of the PDC put Fallon Sherrick in the in the Premier League that's what I want to
2: know. I just need to vote from a few accounts give me a sec oh sorry
3: <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that here. we don't do that here no 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 <laughs>
2: um section two is interesting that top section Michael
4: Smith, Willie Balland, Daryl Gurney, Alan Sewer, Callum Rids, Mensor, Sudovich, James Wade and Ricky Evans is intriguing. Yeah, very much so. am nothing at the Rids. Mensor one is is one that's very interesting. Rids has been in some great form this year, obviously picking up a couple of pro tours and Mensor. Well, I've seen someone mention it before, the how long it took Mentor to get over the defeat last time to Fallon. Uh, and will that then have a knock on effect? Um Oh, completely. And then. So, same really with Wade. Will Wade be fully recovered? I can not see Ridge having a good run, and one I'm looking forward to being seeded 13 as well, so very, very difficult quarter to all that.
3: That's an unbelievable yeah, part of the draw, by the way. They're just looking at every game in there. They just look good. Again,
2: this, this is how bad I'd be as a professional darts player. If I'm playing Mentor now, I'd change my walk-on
3: song to Katy Perry. You're not allowed, PDC work and you don't get walk on. It's joint, you know that. Oh yeah, I forgot that. Oh, to be fair, if I'm
2: the same we... guy, I'd be causing chaos. I'd be giving them that.
4: I was about to. I was about to say, did PDC still play?
3: They don't use any <laughs> players walk on when they do it. The only one they ever done is "Freed from Desire" by Gala, because um... you're incorrect. It. The joint walk ons in the group stages, they use Danny Oppedis walk
2: on song. No
3: further questions, Your Honour. Sick, boys. Who walked on to three years of the other year? Um, Joe Cullen used it for a while. No, one of the Dutch lads. He got a joint interview at the end. Oh, Jimi Hendrix. That's the yeah. one. Um, I'll tell you what, though, there are some, that, that little bit of the draw there, Ryan Sells, Simon Whitlock, Ryan Joyce, Luke Woodhouse... Crikey.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Look, right now, you'd fancy Ryan Searle to come through Whitlock on current form.
0: Uh,
3: Whitlock just has this knack of yeah. sneaking into things there, doesn't he? He was another one that got in pretty late, wasn't he? Yeah, it's 60th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had a run on the final day, but that,
2: that's the only bit that he's done.
3: Yeah,
2: I thought it could be interesting yeah. as well. Jeff Smith, Nathan Aspinall, Aspinall missing the slam. Jeff Smith winning the Continental Cup. That could be a nice little one. A lot of talk about that one I've as well. Seen a
3: lot of talk about Jeff Smith winning the Continental Cup.
2: Well, whilst, also, whilst as that well, the same principle applies to Callum Ritz. So, if Callum Ritz wins the World Youth on Sunday. He has to forfeit his Pro Tour spot and he goes in the international qualifying bracket. That's not right, is it?
3: don't agree with me. Do not agree same with that.
2: Jeff, The same as Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith has now lost his Pro yeah. Tour place and has to go the international qualifier spot. That's not right.
3: No, they, they should... It, it's a negative. And if... If the qualifiers were for those one thing only, then fine. They shouldn't be in them. Or if that's the way they want to go and secure it, and then if they get a tour card spot later on, then then that's their own fault. But when there's more on the line than just that World Championship spot, like there was for Jeff Smith, it was a a straight shoot um, into the World Series event, I think it is. Yeah. And being World Youth Champion speaks for itself. When there's more on the line than just the World Championship spot at these qualifiers... It's not fair on the players that in order to get one, they have to demote themselves at the world championship for the other. Yeah, oh, completely.
2: Um, also, Murph is in the chat room as well. Superb today, Murph. And once we have done this, we have got the Wolfie nine data to show you all. It is teed up, absolutely sensational from Wolfie today. But yeah, I, I don't agree with that that rule. It's we yeah we pass
4: the watershed it shit yeah yeah
2: look I, I not there
3: right. are a lot a lot there are an awful lot of good things that the PDC do very very well I think there needs to be some sort of discussion next year where they sit down and look at these these backdoor entries these double opportunities dev tour players playing on the pro tour and vice versa and once you've got a tour card should you be allowed to play on affiliate tour and and make your way into that and the european qualifiers and all those sort of things i think they need to sit down and have a real look at the way that they're structuring everything and it's almost where the pdc has built itself up for the last 15 to 20 years and kept adding things and events and opportunities it's almost been they'll make a rule to go around what already exists rather than changing what's already in place as they built their structure up and i think they're too big right now and there's too many different ways that are just overlapping slightly, that just make things hazy and a bit blurry and perhaps make things more difficult than they should be. It's easy to go, no, this is the rule. That's fine. But actually at the same time, we do keep getting these situations where the, the players are, are in it perhaps, or, or, or that sort of thing. The, the, the Tour one's always going to rumble on, I think, um, and a couple of others. So,
2: yeah. Speaking of the Tour, again, heard today from a very, very good source, it's being looked at that it's going the, the, the age. I'm sorry, the ranking position is going to go up to 64 from 32. So if you're in the 64, you then can't go and play on the, the dev tour. It's being looked at, I, I was told today from a very good source.
3: I 100% think that's right. Look, when it changed yes. its name from the youth tour to the development tour, for me, that was that should have been symbolic. If you're gonna call something a development tour, just because you've got the ages up to 23, I think that's why they change it to the development tour, because you're not a youth at 23. So I'll you could be world youth champion at 23, it's beyond me, but you're not a youth, and and that's just language rather than anything else. But if the purpose of that tour is to get you ready to be a professional Dart player or get you to a level where you can learn in that environment and compete, etc., the minute you get through Q school and you hold a tour card, you are developed. You are one of the best 128 players in the world competing against the other hundred and twenty-seven, week in, week out, you should not be getting opportunities to go and pick up free cash, backdoor and entries just because you're under the age of twenty-three. And I said the same when I was yeah. playing and that because I wasn't any good, but it was just it's just not fair.
4: Yeah, I agree yeah. with you, Dob. on not just that one, but across the all the tours I think you should only be able to play in one. Uh same with the women's series, all those I don't I personally think if you're in the main at all, you shouldn't then be able to play across the others um, but it just for me doesn't make sense
0: Yeah.
3: And then you get that like Scandinavian qualifiers and all that sort of thing the players just disappear to go and play and then, mm-hmm. look, I know it raises the, the popularity of the sport, if you get a big name in one of those qualifiers, yes it raises the profile of that wherever you are but at the same time, you're one of the best 128 players in the world, go and compete for those players to get there
2: Moving on. We went off tangent a little bit there. Bottom half of the draw. This top section of the bottom half is unreal. Peter Wright versus Keen Barry. Adrian Lewis versus Kim Hybrex. Damon Hetter versus Steve Lennon. Gabriel Clements versus Steve Beaton. Now, now it gets interesting. MVG against Kevin Doets Raymond Van Barnabendt against Mike Kaimenhoven. Let's be fair. We all want Barney MVG second round, don't we? Um, <laughs> Dirk against Ryan Meekle. Stephen Bunting against Gary Anderson. Woo-hoo! What a top little segment
4: yeah. that is. Yeah, it's a it's a nice one. It's hard not to look at Adrian Lewis' team hybrids as, as a fan wanting to see that over a London format. It's going to be a great first round game. And I'm, I agree with you on the Barney. Uh, well,
3: who would have then the wanted to again. see Anderson? You
2: there. you are back. Sorry, uh, left, sorry. sorry, You 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 throwing you're, you're, you're having a god moment.
3: It's not me. You never
4: had these issues before. Show 15 is all happening. I'm not enjoying this <laughs> at all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, it is, and then I mean, the- I've never seen this though. You know, if you look at the draw on Wikipedia, and if the country, if the players are from the same nationality, they start edging the flags through. I've seen it with the English yeah. flag a million times over. There is already a Dutch flag in the third round. Yeah. Because there are ten Dutch players in this draw, and five of them appear consecutively next to each other on the bracket. How random and mad is that? Yeah. Bonkers. And then section four
2: is a little bit kinder, shall we say. Not quite as stacked.
3: Yeah. In terms of names, perhaps, but in terms of good matchups and players that are actually playing in form a little bit, Clayton's looking sharp. Scott Mitchell can produce anything. Martin Clearmack is not the player he was at the start of the year, but he's still more than capable. Ross Smith, Rusty Jake Rodriguez is a hell of a tie after looking at the way that Rusty Jake has picked up everything on the Dev Tour. Got a little bit of stage experience um, couple, uh, last week, obviously. Uh, Luke Humphries is in this part of the draw. against Andy Bolton. You can never write Bolton off. Van der Voort looked pretty good for the last couple of weeks. He's he started to pick up results again. It, it's absolutely no coincidence that the fact that Michael van Gerwen is starting to play a lot better and a lot more consistent at the same time that Vincent van der Voort is. We now our good friends and how much they, they can practice together. Dimi's in this part. Okay, we don't know how how fit he's going to be, but he's still in there against Maders. Rasmer who's more than capable either way. And Danny Knopper is one of the most consistent televised players on the tour this year, and he takes on the other RJR. So, yeah, don't get it wrong; it's not quite got the the razzmatazz that Section Three does, but there's still a fair bit of competition in there. Right, you know what's coming. I would
2: like semi finalists, please, and in the chat room, come and get involved. Who, will be, who is going to be your semi final lineup?
3: Only we prep for this in a show where we're short for time because we've still got plenty to do.
0: (laughs) Well, you know.
3: I've not been very adventurous with mine. Shark. I can tell you yours already. (laughs) I can tell you three of yours. I'm struggling for section two for you. I know where you're going with the other three. And even then, I think I've just worked out your fourth.
2: (laughs) To be fair, the, the, from from section yeah. two, I've uh, got one, uh, and I've, then I then I put a little dash next to it with another bit. If it's not him, it will be him. Does that make sense? But I think right. my first one, yeah.
3: We're... Rob Cross.
2: No. Oh.
4: Oh. Brian Cell.
2: Right. So my semi-final yeah. lineup. I've gone, in Price will yeah.
3: play. Oh, we, we knew that Michael, one.
2: Michael Smith.
3: Yeah.
2: But Johnny Clayton way, against Michael Van Gerwen
3: in the bottom half.
2: And, and then I put a little dash with Ridd's question mark.
3: Mm. I can see that.
2: Um, but yeah, bottom half, MVG, Johnny Clayton.
3: Yeah, shock. So <laughs> imagine my surprise.
4: I've done for price. I've done for reads out of section two, and then the bottom half I've done MVG, but up against Lou Humphreys. we am writing
3: off Johnny Clayton again.
4: Yeah. With nothing to back it up at all, but yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm about to do very, very similar, to be honest. <laughs> Section one, Christoph Rotaisky. Fly the peagle, fly. Section two, Rob Cross. The man has stamina. Section three, I think this one's an absolute lottery. And do you know why? because I think Raymond van Barneveld beats Michael van Gerwen in the second round. He has a knack. He just has a knack of doing it at the wrong moment for Michael. But I don't think he's got it to go all the way to the semi-final, which leaves it very, very open. Um, 4 let's say it, we see Adrian Lewis make a semi-final. Why not? Oh, it's 50th. i got to say something stupid. And <laughs> in the bottom section, I'd love to see a run from Ross Smith or Luke Humphreys, but Johnny Clayton, because I said he'd win this tournament before we did the Grand Slam. see
4: where you going? Price, Ritz, MVG and Lou Tomfrey's for semis. Price, that's the better of Ritz and MVG, that's the better of Lou Tomfrey's. Very boring answer, but I'm done for Price, MVG in the final. With MVG getting the title.
3: I'm oh, getting a lot of stick.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Where are you going? Look, Barney just, Barney just got the knack, and he. Uh, Johnny Clayton wins this one. Adds it to his ever expanding trophy cabinet this year.
2: I'm going to get it right eventually. MVG wins. He beats Price. in a farm, Stormer. <laughs>
4: On Sunday night. do you know that notepad that Phil's like he It just he's I didn't got tournaments on anymore. He's just that MVG wins it on page one and he just looks at it every uh every Monday. No no, he rewrites what? it out
3: every time just in case. Because look, I did it for this one, I promise. It doesn't just keep tapping the same bit of paper. <laughs> it's it's M- just a I'm page full MBG of price. going MVG wins. MVG
2: price. MVG price. Um a couple of people <laughs> asking in the chat room about what happens if Callum reads gets through to the World Youth and the Sunday. Basically, there's got to be some clever TV scheduling for him to play in both. But spoke to his management team today and they have been assured it will be worked out so he can play in both. So, Sunday won't be played in draw bracket order. (laughs) What I think they'll do is they'll put... If he's through, I think they'll put Callan on first Sunday afternoon... So they can clear off to Reds and get it out of the way. Um, yeah. So, chat room, who are you going for? a lot? Sean McDonald, death, taxes, and MBG wins. He knows. Um, tugboat says, hello, chaps. Hope you are well. Took. Yeah. Um, Bill says, maybe, right. <sighs> I'm still not convinced about it. Peter Wright's form at the moment. I know he got to the final at the weekend, but in doing so, he dodged a lot of bullets to get there. and I'm not sure you can continue to dodge
3: those bullets, boys. He doesn't like mine, If he starts slowly on the stage with potentially darts changing around again, he'll get punished. It's a short format. There's no time to get away with it. There's no group stage to work your way into the tournament this time. He has to hit the ground running. And if you come out and say you don't like this tournament probably already a little bit behind in your mental in your mentality and prep.
4: Yeah and add to that as well the section that he's in. It's it's not a nice section at all. No. Uh if if he wins it he's gotta be at his best for maybe this weekend, Uh where some might have a bit an easy, easier start than what Peter's done. Yeah. No, I, I just think that this is the dress rehearsal for a lot of
2: people so it's going to be an interesting one. So that is the Players' Championship. Now, we promised to you it. I'm just going to tear it up. Um, I've actually loaded the wrong one up. So you're going to have to, you're going to, have, to have the adverts for, for YouTube as well. But this happened today on the Live League.
3: Uh, didn't. The live league
2: worked. Didn't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know why.
3: Two seconds. I forgot to take Dev out of the box. <laughs> just a bit where we need. Murph, just fill in for us for a sec.
2: Look, it's Martin to throw first. Game on. The wolf. With new darts, produced this
0: today. If you have missed any of the action highlights one, throughout the day, are posted at Darts Live League on Twitter. <laughs> Full sessions can be viewed at the online darts YouTube channel. 140. Will this leg be one that will be added to a, a highlight reel as Adams kicks off with a maximum? Maybe it will.
3: The fact we'd already seen Scott go eight and Thornton go six so Whoa, this point What on, on earth is going, going on, on today?
0: That is the third time now in five matches that we've seen a player kick off with back to back one eighties. Now it's Martin Adams looking to produce oh, perfection. Martin, you
4: require one hundred and four. Williams
0: missed a double for a nine darter himself in the first match of the day. Martin Adams gets a go at double 12. And Adams nails the the nine darter. Remarkable scenes here at the Live League. Well, it's been coming all day. Robert Thornton went six perfect darts. Scott Williams himself went eight. But it's wonderful Wolfie who produces perfection at the Live League. That was a bit good, boys, wasn't it?
4: Just a little.
3: Mace disagrees. He says the trouble 19 was crap. <laughs> 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 the double 12, though, was slap bang in the middle. You could not have asked for a better double. Like You've got space just to jolt it in any direction you want at that point. Superb. Yeah, look, new
2: set of darts as well. They look quite nice as well. The Wolf just casually picks them up. Nine darts, a few high um, averages, a ton plus average in there as well.
3: Um, staying on the trail of Jose Justicia very nicely as well. The Live League has gone a little bit international the last couple of weeks, Bill. (sighs) You reckon
2: that's international. You wait till next week.
3: Oi, oi. oi
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also as well, guest appearance on the refereeing front coming this week as well from someone.
1: Ah... (laughs)
3: was my invite this one's a little <laughs> bit more high profile
4: just a no little such thing
3: yeah <laughs> no such thing
2: um but yeah major just sit there jose five from um five he played so again some wicked stuff today
3: solid that's a player that's not on the tour he has been in the past not the most consistent obviously probably more famous for having a fight with adrian lewis than he is actually playing darts but you know yeah
2: i don't completely no, um also god now it's your turn the wild seniors qualifier in reading this was your baby so over to you
3: it was my baby and it's staying my baby as well you don't know this yet but i'm going to the next set of qualifiers too because that was announced during the event uh, the second world seniors event will take place at the lakeside so lakeside and then lakeside for number two for the seniors world masters i think is the tournament's official name um yeah look. No, after finally getting to red in in the the longest journey in 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 the world, um, for something that's only two hours away, <laughs> it took me nearly five. Um, like, it was just a great weekend. Uh, first time I met Mace in person, um, was like, we would known each other in years for God's sake, um, started brightly, didn't you Mace on the Friday night? 100.2, 102.3 at one point, two or three matches. And then just didn't quite two tough, tough games, uh, Dawson at one point and Jim McEwen, I think, were the ones to beat Mace. Um, But look, it, it was a really great weekend. It was the first time that club has ever held a darts event. And I think the next qualifier is going to be there too. They might have a rejiggered really configuration. But the stage setup looked really good. Um, the streaming um, was pretty good. Things we can work on with that one. So we didn't have a commentator or anything on it for the day, but still looked pretty good to me. Um, and just the people in the room, right? The fact that it was. The amount of players that came in and said it was like a, an old pro tour and that they were just happy to be in the room, etc. That that was class. That that made it worth it from the start. But the fact there is something being built there, the quality of darts on show throughout the week was – throughout the weekend, sorry – was very, very good. Plenty of players going over the 100 mark. Um, not many dropping below, like, 77, 78, which when you consider just the chances that these guys are getting and, and still playing is, is superb. I genuinely thinks the standard of some players in the room will be better than some of the players that got in as um, wildcard entries as well. These guys are still playing darts a lot more frequently than some of those wildcard entries. Um, plenty of interviews um, with with big name players that you, you've seen in the past. Dennis Smith, um, Ronnie Baxter's was very very interesting. He, he wasn't. He was another that wasn't too happy about being left out um, and then back to, uh, to first round losses which I was like that, that's not the way to make your point is it but as is as is the way that it goes um, it was just it was just great to see some some people plenty that told me they watched the show as well that, that was my biggest takeaway from the weekend the first time I'd done media as, as a flying solo from this point of view got to manage our social media channels and World Seniors got to work with some great people behind the scenes, the streaming guys, um, the guys from from Wild Seniors. Helen Chamberlain was super, but the amount of guys coming in the room that just went, "I watch your show." Like to walk up to Mark Hilton is, is the story that I'm going to use because he was the first player that I ever saw in exhibition and, and played against. Um, to walk up to him, filming from behind in a in a in a practice game, etc., and he just turns around and goes, "I've seen you on the telly," and then makes a point to come up to me and goes, "I watch your show." I was like, "No, you don't." And the amount of players in the room that said the same thing they're watching um yeah it's just just mad i just don't get it but it it, it was brilliant and i can't wait for the next one
2: Too fair you said about players watching that whatsapp tonight says that
0: yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, um but no the um no, the, the world seniors <laughs> is a, it's a great addition to the calendar um as well because like in other sports there's when you fall off the tour and darts there's been nowhere for these to go. Um, and now there is, which is truly remarkable. And for everyone that knows yeah. ever and yes, that is my Christmas tree behind. It came out of the loft today, having a chance to put everything else up. But don't worry, boys. Christmas is coming. No, is. The rule is as soon as you see the Ali Pali advert on Sky, they can go up. That's the rules. I don't make them, I just enforce them.
1: No.
4: <laughs> no. No, 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 no,
2: Um, But, yeah, no, look, great standard of the qualifiers. And interesting that Kevin Burnett has gone straight in as second favourite having qualified.
3: Massive. He, look, he, he played very, very consistently over the weekend. Colin McGarry played very, very consistent over the weekend. He won the flyer. Um, find himself in the last eight both days as well he was superb Jim McEwan's another that played really really well um Ian Moss was a surprise name in there he's one that's been on the tour for a while um for a couple of years but then dropped off we haven't really seen a lot of him since it was it was just superb I think superb that these guys have got somewhere to go and I think Jason Francis summed it up the best he was like the conversation around seniors has been happening for so, so long for Darts fans and people are involved in the sport. And he's like, nobody's touched it. And everyone's like, well, this obviously makes sense, but they couldn't work out why nobody has done it. And that was the apprehension to start with. But the response it's got so far from the players that are all just wanting more. The amount of players to come up and went, when will this be a full tour? I'm absolutely loving this. It's got me something to play for again and all that. It's just, I don't see any downsides to it at a minute. Genuinely, don't see any downsides to it at the minute. They can keep selling out iconic venues like the Circus Tavern, like Lakeside. I, I don't see it doing like a Premier League size venue. I'm just not sure it will ever be that great commercially, that size. Like that's an awful lot of tickets to sell. But you can keep it over short weekends. You don't get too expansive with ten days of a World Championship and that sort of thing. The shorter they can keep it, the more
2: attractive. It yeah. just needs to work. Like like it, it is. Yeah. And I know like there was a lot of laughing and joking, but if the first if the first one or the second one carries on to work, Barry will get involved. Like he did with oh, the Super. He left yeah. it alone for a few, it worked, it gets involved.
3: Yeah. And ultimately, um, if, if this becomes an affiliated tour that feeds into it, perfect. But the issue is the players that are winning that tour. Might not necessarily want to be back on tour because some of them still very much have the ability to do so, but have dropped off the tour because they just weren't interested. If if Phil Taylor was to go and dominate it for the next couple of years, he has no interest in returning to PDC Darts as a tour card holder. As a backdoor world championships entry, not sure he'd be too upset about that one playing at Ali Pali, but for the rest of it, it, like if it was to be a tour card system, then no.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll, the, none
4: of them would want the, the talk hard way, but maybe a place at the world or a place at the slam would work if yeah. this works long term. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, place at the slam for me would be a would be a great show to start it off, and that then that might push on in years to then be something for uh, the world. But place at the slam would be a, a, a great place for me for uh, maybe the finalist, not just the winner, but maybe the finalist. Yeah.
0: Top yeah. two.
2: Yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting. Again, some interesting talk in and around the, the Slam this year. I think that this might be the last year at Wolverhampton, if I'm being honest. Listening to the, the, the general. I think you could be welcome to the morning side.
3: No, i to be livid. So will <long. laughs> I. Um, yeah, a few questions about seniors' odds quickly. Is Taylor odds on favourite? Wolfie must be close to faith for the seniors. Top four are Phil Taylor, Kevin Burness, Robert Thornton in third, and Martin Adams in fourth at the minute, because i double-check that one, because Thornton and Adams are in the same group this morning in the lively. Yeah, but
2: obviously those that, that can change, because Thornton, um, Burness, Burnett, could go and win a tour card at, at, Q school. So that might, that might change. Um, but look, it is what it is. Um, weekend darts boys, have we missed anything outside?
3: Um, we've, we've touched on Jeff Smith qualifying. There's been plenty of other little qualifiers. I think Owen Rolos qualified for the world youth for a satellite competition. Um,
4: Don't know to be honest, the only um, thing I can think, um, uh, the calendar was released since our last show. The PDC calendar was released for January to what? October,
2: yeah. Um, um again, yeah, up, up, up till October, and again, I think that tells a lot because the ones that haven't released are the ones that are having potential venue changes,
3: yeah. It is the JDC oh. World Championships this week. Boise's yeah. god-awful shirts. Yeah, we missed them. It was Sky Sports boys for the week. Seen more of him than we did the stage. Boise's uh, a of tenor.
2: Get me on as much as you can. Yeah.
4: It worked. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, Paul Lim back to the Palace.
3: Yes. Shock. Death taxes and Paul Lim at the World Championships. Ooh.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, J- James, yeah, it was um, Labrooks that, that priced, priced them up. Um, so, yeah, the calendar's released. Not too many surprises. Um, I suppose, not a surprise, but PDC been a little bit creative with their dates, shall we say, on a couple of events. Q School starting the same day as the WDF World Final. Um, and the first Pro Tour
3: weekend, the same weekend as the seniors. Yeah. I'm more upset about the second one because we've got to do Pro Tour Live because that will be returning next year um, after Q School Live, we will be here for every day Q School, then Pro Tour Live. Um, not quite ready to expand to do Challenge Tour and Lady Series and Dev Tour and all the that yet because we just would not have any time to do anything else. Um, but yeah, very love about next year. But obviously, that does clash with the opening day of the World Seniors. So we are a little bit Again, struggling with that one.
2: Whilst we're talking about um, Q School clashing with the WDF Worlds, we have to to ask the question: Only twelve percent of all tickets sold for the WDF Worlds. Is it almost making it unviable?
3: Um, I think they have to go ahead with it no matter what. They've lost too many events so far. They've lost the World Open in Holland, um, et cetera. They're still running the qualifiers in the next couple of weeks. This World Championships for them has to go ahead no matter what. The fact They weren't competing with MAD, then you could put it down to a bad year and that sort of thing. But if, if we're going to have an Amateur World Championships and it is going to be run by the WDF, they have to get in first, which is why they've gone with the dates that they have, and, and that's why the venue wanted it as well, and, and that sort of thing. I think that was definitely part of the, the discussion and the conversation as to why those dates have been picked and not perhaps an Easter that is, has been spoken about for a long time. Um, yeah, it just has to go ahead no matter what. They have to get it back on TV. They have to get people knowing that it's still a thing because, let's be honest, for the casual darts fan... Um, Oki Burr on Twitter recently noted something that the WDF Twitter had something like less than three thousand followers.
2: Yeah.
3: That, that's but not I'm enough for a governing body of the world game. World. They need the exposure to draw people to that. And they do that by having darts on the TV.
2: Yeah.
3: They have I to raise awareness. Right. So, However,
2: if, if you speak you to any
3: casual darts fan, sure. all they know is that the BDO is dead. They don't know the WDF about they don't know there's a second world championship come in. Unless they're Twitter or or our guys or or whatever, that's the issue. I just don't
2: get it. As in, there's a lot of money at stake that's been put put up. We all know Mr. Potter isn't the easiest person to deal with. And the, the deal that's been struck right now, he is set to lose an absolute fortune. Is he going to stomach it? He's
3: taking the promotion business. He's, he's made a fair penny from it in the last 25 to 30 years, though, Any Phil? So, oh, look, if it gets one back up that. and running, and it means that next year they've got a full venue, or once the draw's out, that it starts getting filled up a little bit more, like Mason that I was saying in the chat room as well, that, that, that makes a big difference at that level. At PDC level, people are going to buy tickets and just hope you get a decent draw, but know you're in for a good night anyway. The draw of names at that level that are still involved are going to make a massive difference.
2: Well, again, the the biggest draw will not be there either by the look of it. The BDI people on Twitter clocked it at the weekend. It looks as if Fallon Sherrick will not be going to Lakeside because she's due to play in a PDC Europe gala during the WDF Worlds.
4: Not really a surprise. I don't think. Is it? It's not for me anyway. No. When I saw it, I thought it was it was what we expected. It Regarding is a little numbers, bit for me. It's disappointing. I was saying about the numbers that are there. That will increase, but how much will it increase? And for for that to be on our screens and potentially have empty venue for some days, it's going to be a shame. And um, for the the first event as the label in it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not really surprised with Fallon. What made you uh, say you are, Dob?
3: Because Fallon is not a world champion. And to me, and for people watching, if we ever have a discussion over who's the best ever, when we start looking at A.D. Lewis, et cetera, being world champion still means something. And that WDF field for the Women's World Championship, will still be the top women in the world competing for the World Championship.
4: Minus Lisa.
3: And and honestly, from a PDC point of view as well, being able to market Fallon as the Women's World Champion in the PDC game as well would make her even more commercially viable. And I know that's a risky take if she doesn't win it, the same way that Devon was saying it's a risk that if she loses six games in the Premier League and, and... flops out in the first round that you've lost that a little bit but it was the same risk going to the ladies series and making her qualify for a fin and she came through that with flying colors this year her game has improved she'd be a massive massive favorite for that world championship and being a world champion means something to people that watch the game Nah, not for me what do you mean not for you it just does Every time we've ever had a discussion about who's the best and we look at the likes of James Wade's legacy and whatever, the same thing pops up. James Wade has won titles over three different decades, one of the most consistent performers we're likely to see on a dartboard. But the same thing is always brought up about James Wade. He does not have a world championship.
2: A PDC one, yes. At the moment, I don't think you can credibly say, call yourself a world champion if you win Lakeside. Why
3: not? Because, look, we've had this discussion before. The only difference between the tournament is about to happen in January this year and tournaments of yesteryears is that there is a different company name behind it. And that was the image they had to get rid of. It is literally the same qualifying criteria from the same events worldwide with the same field. And that ladies' field is the strongest ladies' field in the world. That's just how it works. That is the Ladies' World Championship. The PDC don't have a Ladies' World Championship. They've done it once. It didn't work for them. They've decided that darts is a meritocracy and anybody can achieve anything. But being a world champion means something. Whether well, you're contracted well, again, to well, whoever well, or well, you're the PDC you, your you, you, you next mean, sorry, ticket,
2: though. as we have, as we said yesterday, late, later next or later next year, Mad are going to have their first world championship. Correct? They are. Yes. So, yeah. if Bo Greaves goes and wins their women's event, I've just picked Bo out of the air. By the way, it could be anyone.
3: Can you legitimately call her a world champion? She's a world champion of some form. I think there are too many world champions. But at the minute, that WDF will be more recognised by more people than the MAD title will.
2: But why? It's, an, it's their first world-type type championship.
3: Because it's continuation of the BDO. In it, all, all but name, it, it is a continuation. Right. And you know it is. You know it is.
2: Right. Every interview that Richard and Nick have given are saying, this is our first world championship. We are nothing yeah, to do with because, what's going
3: on. Because this the BDO good. name is so tainted, it's the same way that so Rangers were a completely a new company but they're not so about to get to rid of all tainted, that history.
2: As a new organisation, the same as MAD, they're both running their first ones. Wh- which one's better?
3: Which one's got leg- the legitimacy when they're both the first? The WDS. Because it's the same qualifying criteria. It is the same tournament the same way to get there I'm we've been over this before it is I'm, I'm I'm not having it. It. I, I... you, you not... just refuted it on the basis that you don't want to believe it i'm
2: just saying that you can, you they are both the same it's their first ones forget the qualifying criteria i could go down the legion set up the a world championship i'm the only entry i'm a the world Then yeah
3: no there's <laughs> nah, no one likes me so no one's coming to that and you know it It just is, mate. It is literally a continuation in all but name, and you know it is. They just had to get rid of the toxic BDO name image that is associated with it. The BDO have run it on behalf of the WDF for the last 30 odd years, 40 odd years, God knows what it is. It it just is a continuation of it. And anyway, it's 10 o'clock. We haven't done question time. (laughs) We <laughs> haven't done our giveaway, and we haven't done these little feature, so this show is going to get a little bit longer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look, my opinion, I just don't get it. At the moment, the BDO are making, sorry, the WDF are making the same mistakes the BDO made, and it's, it's going to go the same way at the moment, unless they change something. They're making the same mistakes. What
3: mistakes? Which? what's that what mistakes they need to grow their social media following granted so does everybody we need to grow our social media following still we've got 48 likes on this stream people we weren't going to do a giveaway until we reached 100 but you know we promised you a giveaway
2: <laughs> the same mistakes they're making is the commercial deal they've done with a sponsor the fact they're not making they literally any money
3: don't have a choice. this event has to get off the ground and it has to be now in a year where there's more competition four world championships and so you know money. that you've literally you spent the last week having it. the word you commercial decisions at me and now you the minute a commercial decision you don't agree with it your
2: major event you have to make money off of it
3: better no have they have to be in the public eye no they don't not this one they have to launch and they have to be in the public eye not the world me. seniors do not need to go and make half a million pounds or whatever profit margin money. they've got for that event. Yes, they want a continuation, but growing that event and being in the public eye is more important than anything else on that first event. Because well, that's how you get more commercial it. people involved. That's if how you grow it. You don't have a choice event, but to launch. Being
2: in the public eye was the one, then putting it on the dates they have was not the, issue, was not the way to do it. Because the first three days in the darting world, all eyes are going to be on Alley Pally, not Bill and Bob at Lakeside. They have a choice. Literally, they have a choice.
3: Always a choice. Not really. <laughs> <Do> you <laughs> run risk, risk overlapping with the world championships or overlapping with Q school that depletes half your field. Early rounds. Starts is on. You can switch between both. But they're still overlapping with Q school anyway by day. And that wasn't them. Because that never normally happens. Q-School normally starts on a Monday. So don't give them that. That yeah. date was in way before the other one. Like you said, yeah, the, like the, we said before,
2: the, Barry doesn't give a F about anyone else. And that just shows they've got no interest in
3: it. I just don't think so they can be be back in either at the minute until one of them grows massively. And to do that, they need to be on TV and grow the brand image first. That is the most important thing. We've literally had a week where commercial viability has been the most buzzword topic ever, and we get to it in a completely different situation and you've suddenly flipped your mind.
2: I've not flipped it, I just think that if they're gonna commercial viable, they've done an awful deal then.
3: They need to they need to be in the public eye for the first one. That's it. Plain and simple, and that's what they're doing. Mm. And actually, yes, there is competition for things and other things going on. But l- launching the event at a time when there is so much darts and there is so much tension on darts means that transition into the back end of that tournament is even better than having a three-week gap and people losing interest. You might, might, be able to keep a couple of casual fans interested, which is what they need. But they don't need die-hard darts fans. They need casuals to take it up as well and see. Actually, this is pretty interesting too. And drop the oh god, the BDOs on now. They're going to average sixty. Anyway, it's now five past ten. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, that that at that is,
4: all that was missing from that is me to have some popcorn. I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, right, we are
3: we are going to overrun, so we are still going to do some questions. Well, we've got a feature yeah. from lee to do very very quickly and we've also got to do this giveaway phil and i was thinking that maybe in lee's feature we could somehow play for a person each in the chat room and that would be the winner of the giveaway but i think it's just going to be a little bit too complicated to decide that so to launch the giveaway once this show is finished and uploaded into youtube as an all clip not as a live stream drop down in the comments section Just give us a a like and a comment in the bottom just saying pick me or or something along those lines. If you don't comment, you're not involved. That is literally the only requirement to be involved in the giveaway for the 50th show. If you win, we'll drop your comment underneath saying uh, please get in touch with us via social media. Uh, We will close it um, next week. We'll close it next week. Um, Next Sunday evening, I think. And we'll pick a winner and we will announce it uh, on Monday's show next week. Um, so, yeah, just drop down in the comments section after this stream has finished. Not in the chat room that you're in now, in the comments section, um, and we will pick a winner from that to win a signed diet board from the World Seniors. It has the signatures of the two qualifiers, Kevin Burness, Richie Housen, and Helen Chamberlain is on there also. So, like I said, get involved in the chat after and we finish also, the show. We have a
2: signed Grand Slam programme by the champion, get a win price as well so
3: we might do that on twitter
2: two prizes for thing we'll, we'll we'll sort out i've got no idea what boise's cooked up here so over to you boise
4: <laughs> wow. this is where this is where i, this is where I uh, the competitiveness of we've had of tonight's show just ups a little bit more <laughs> As I, have, uh, re- as I have revisited episode one of the Live Lounge that started last year and watched it and I've got a few questions around what happened in the show. So everyone in the chat room get involved, but as Live Lounge started um, <laughs> last year and everyone was tweeting at the time, what a way to bring it back on show 50. So <laughs> pen and paper to hand. I also say
3: that the quality of this show. show, despite the fact your internet dropped out, is far better than our first couple because some of them were just not great internet wise. We have got a lot better <laughs> since you guys have started watching us <laughs> and kept up with us. As you see, we've made improvements, and hopefully we'll take them improvements into next year uh, and the next fifty shows and beyond.
4: So I know I know Phil's got his uh, notepad ready because he always has. Dob, are I got you ready? One.
3: Yeah, I we got have. One.
4: We have ten questions for everyone to get involved. So, what date was the first ever live lounge? I will oh, give you multiple choice for each of these. Was it the twelfth of June, the twelfth of July, or the twelfth of August? Dob, no looking. Phil's just staring at me. So I know he's not. But you look like you're doing something.
3: <laughs> uh, my YouTube's up on this one. It was, do I look down on the calendar and try and find out which of those were a Monday?
2: I've
3: got to put mine I know it's not one of them. Oh, you...
2: One of them's my birthday. I know it wasn't that
3: one. Oh, shit. <laughs> what were the options? June, July and August.
4: Yes, and I I've can got... tell you, dog. I can tell you that it wasn't on a Monday, your first show. Was it not? Was it not? Nope.
3: I've gone 12th of July. I've gone August. Yep. I think we were still bit a lockdown. I was still at home. But then I moved it to was, a different venue very, very quickly.
4: It was the 12th of July. Oh. One mil to Philip. It was on a Sunday when when you started the show. It was either going to be on a Sunday night or a Monday night, depending on what competition and uh, what tournaments were on at the time. And it was on a Sunday night. job. one nil to Phil. Question two. And I
3: was, I, was, I recorded it in my mother's bedroom because that was all I had at home. Because I'd gone home because of COVID, and there was literally nowhere else to do it. So that was the only place with a solid base oh. and a laptop that I could put up. Question two.
4: You was reviewing, um, you was reviewing the first summer series and previewing the match play. In the summer series, MVG won tournament one and tournament three, but who won tournament two? Was it Dave Chisnall, Ryan Joyce, or James Wade?
3: <laughs> I've already written it down. <laughs>
4: I love testing Phil. Phil's facing this. He's going to be great. right. Ryan Joyce
2: I'm going for. James Wade, mate. It was Ryan Joyce.
4: Oh, what? James-, James Wade won number four. Ryan Joyce oh, won number oh. two.
3: <laughs>
4: Number three after the five events, who topped that summer series? Was it MVG, Peter Wright or James Wade? So there was five events in that summer series, it wasn't super series, summer series. Who topped it? Was it MVG, Peter Wright or James Wade? So. You don't answer? Yeah. Have you, yeah. Dob?
3: Yeah. Don't so Dob. I've gone wady again. I thought MVG left early.
2: Peter Wright.
3: Right.
4: PB. PB. PB is PB. on fire. PB. Peter Wright. <laughs>
2: <laughs> one. one um, he was in the form of his life.
4: Question four. Um, obviously, you was um, talking about the match player. The match play was starting the following week, I believe. As we know, Dimitri won the match play. Who did he beat in the first round? Was it Ian White, Nathan Aspinall or Glenn Durrant?
2: I know. Got it. <laughs>
4: is absolutely
2: fuming.
3: I thought I had the last two.
2: Yeah, and now I, yeah. now I think I've got this one easily, I've got it wrong. <laughs> I'm
3: having a man. Do
2: you want my answer, Boise? Is
4: Dobb ready? Yeah. Go on, Astral. baby. Dob? and one. Four nil. It was asked.
3: This is going to be like the Ryder Cup.
2: Bars is six and four.
4: Question five. So I'm going to quote a few of the things that the three of you said that you two and John obviously oh, about a, about a player who was the player you are talking about.
3: Something stupid. I said it.
4: That throw under pressure just doesn't stand up. I know. It's so jerky. I don't know how he eats as many 180s as he does. Are you talking about. Are you talking about. Are you having a desk without the options? Yeah. Yeah. Go on then. Go on. Dave, cheers,
3: man.
4: Dave, cheesing on it is. <laughs> He's finally got one on the board. That's,
3: that's a me oh, quote God. as well. I know it is. Straight off the bat. That was all me.
4: So, led me in perfectly to the next five questions. What I'm going to oh. do is be quoting what either Job, Phil, or Jara, who's in the chat room said. I want you to guess who said it. So, I'll start you with a nice, easy one. Normal service resumes. MVG wins. <laughs> was that? Was that? Dob? Was that PB or was it Jar?
3: Me. Don't you understand? Yeah. If it's not PB, you've done us dirty. There. It's him all day,
4: surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you both know that it's one nice, easy one. Yes, it was. Uh, it was PB, of course. Next one, these three can go on and push on now and you was on about MVG, Price and Peter. right? Their dames are 50% mental now. They're no longer just about what happens on the board. They can get a victory before they have even started. Was that PB double jar? Don't you answer, Dob?
2: On, yeah. You... Phil? Yeah, I know it's
3: not me. I've gone Gob. Yeah, I think it's me. It's, it's too long-winded to be anybody else.
4: <laughs> you are Bob, spot on. So that is 7 out <laughs> of 7 for PB. And 3 for Gob. And then, next one, Simon Whitlock. One I'm looking at and thinking, how is he clinging on to that spot? when he does that um, when he does that to those big events its his performances are just missing so he was clinging on at the time to a spot in the top 16 got an answer yeah don don't pb job Dob?
3: i think it's pb again I don't think that's the way that Jar speaks.
4: Nope, but it's the way you speak. It was you, Dog.
2: Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
4: we have just two more. Just two more for yourself. Um, An older one. I have said this since he won the World Championship. What is a Rob Frost? Is it a man? Oh, that's the easy. Top of oh, that, don't, don't, order of Murray.
2: Don't need the options. Mate, we he don't makes, need the options. We don't, we, we don't need
3: it. This, this is prime Jarlath. Next. This is Jarlath all day. Okay. <laughs> he's not even here. What is a Rob Cross is his favourite line in the world. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's the would have to be in there. I know we would be listening. He's, uh, he's taking part and seeing the chat room as well, as are a lot of people. And then the final one, who said this pros another year on and it wouldn't be the same if he didn't win a PDC title. James Wade hibernated d- Jar, PB, is on, Not, if, James Wade, hibernated in the top ten for nearly two decades. It's ridiculous. Was it Jar, PB, or Dob? Again, another year on, and it wouldn't be the same. And it wouldn't be the same if he didn't win a PDC title. James Wade is hibernated in the top ten for nearly two decades. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ready, Dob? Yeah. Who are you down for? PB. It was PB. As
3: soon as you said
2: hibernated, I knew
0: it was me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and well, That is all, ten. Just for a bit of fun, I did have a tiebreaker ready. Um, I did pre-warn you before the show of this question, but obviously I didn't give you the answer at times. The tie question was down to be, how many times does PB say 100% during the show?
2: What, episode one?
4: Episode one, how many times do you say 100% in 48 minutes? I don't think you
3: should give us the answer to this. I think you should give us the answer to this next week. And as part of the giveaway for the programme, whoever gets closest to this answer in the comments after the show will win the program. Yeah. I, yeah I, will
4: I will tell you by just down into the transcript and trying to search for it, it doesn't work. You have to nail them down because I tried that one and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Nine
2: out of 10, I'll take
4: that. Dobby's absolutely fuming.
2: He's livid. Oh, he's- absolutely <laughs> yeah. livid. Jar,
4: well, Jar as well. But it was, very, 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 it was very, very good to uh look back at show number one. Uh Massive. No, we on jumping all over the place. The fact that we're still on YouTube is a show. Only the first 10 minutes, but thanks for everyone who joined in show one and still here today. Uh Massive, massive shout out to Jar as well, It was obviously done a lot of these shows. I'm not sure. I know Del went through the other day and probably not, the, the stats of how many shows we all done, but has done a lot of shows. I so didn't count everybody else, sure. sure. I
3: counted yours because that was going to be my question. And I know how many you've done, <laughs> it was 13, I think. No, it was mind 13. Mind you,
2: some some controversial live lounge news next week. I'm not on the show, boys.
4: Is that a first?
0: Yeah, it is a first. I think.
4: We've hit 50 PBs. Done big time, and he's doing elsewhere. It's happening? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Free well world content. Free <laughs> content.
4: <sighs>
3: <sighs> Should we do five minutes of question time? I know yeah. this is a yeah. very, very long show as it is, but it is show number 50. It, we can go to 15. half 10. I think. Yeah. So get your questions in, then
0: everyone.
2: Rose, seriously, yeah, no, look, I'm going to the big exhibition in Newcastle to get our pre-Worlds content sorted. So I'm literally driving from Minehead to Newcastle. Not, not, not that that's ambitious in itself.
3: Can I also just show the workings of a day? I used Mastercaller as the website because World Seniors tweeted how many titles do these players have between them. So I went and worked it out. It was 1,068 between the players in the field. That's my work notebook. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) But next week, Monday is going to be bumper because the boys are going to be doing the World Championship Draw Watch Along um, as well,
3: which will be cool. So we have you covered we do, which should maybe feature a guest appearance from the fourth member of this team in the Live Lounge 50. I think Jar is going to make a yeah. guest appearance yeah. for that one and then leave us for the Live Lounge. So we'll sort the lineup of that. There we go. An yeah. Update for next week. We'll be streaming the World Qualifier in the afternoon, so that'll be a Pro Tour watch-along. Um, then we'll be yeah. live-streaming the watch-along for the World Championship draw. Then Jar's going to go and do all of that written work for us, and we're going to slap a third person into the team. The graphics or layout might look a little bit different because we might use a slightly different software because it's a bit easier for people to use from home, but it will look a little bit like the um, fallout bar, which means we might not be able to flash some comments up on screen for you guys as well as we watch along or that sort of thing. To
2: be fair, news on that... Around May time, I am changing streaming software, so with a new one, we should be able to have comments on the screen for the live lounge going forward as well, regularly. So we may have to rejig the screen that a little bit.
3: Just make my head smaller, if that's possible physically. <laughs> Is
2: it? Um, so right. Questions. <laughs> right, let, let, let's go. Where are we? Because you lot smash the questions every <laughs> Simon says, in terms of ability, not achievement, is Fan Sherrett the greatest female player of all time? I think she's got the highest ceiling of all all the players I've ever seen. Would that be a fair way to put it, Gob? Does uh
4: so. does does she need to be does she need to be a world champion to be classed as the best? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, um, yes,
3: Trina. <laughs>
2: yeah. She's on, Trina has she, is, been she, won the, she, she won the Phil Bars World Championship this weekend.
3: <laughs> you couldn't host a piss up in a brewery, Philip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, um, no, she, she certainly has the highest ceiling. Um, Phil minded. says, to Sir.
3: go on i was gonna go um, for selenor's question i think you've covered that
2: <laughs> um how tough is it to interview wade um on a match day yeah look i'm not gonna lie i'm not the only one to say this most in the media room will say it, it can be difficult if you get him on a media day he is brilliant but on a match day it, it, i'm not gonna lie yeah it, it can be tough but on a media day, he is genuinely a joy to interview on a media day. You can have some really good conversations with him. It's that thing of sport, adrenaline, just coming off a stage um, and, and everything like that. He just doesn't react
3: well to that environment. I just, yeah, I just, I just genuinely don't think enough is made of the fact that James Wade is a, is a top 10 performer in a high-pressure sporting environment that suffers from bipolar. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just don't think it's celebrated it. anywhere near enough. And I know yeah, that's partly him. Do. He doesn't want to make a massive deal out of it. He's brought attention to it in the past for, for, to try and make some money for um, mental health awareness charities and that sort of thing. But actually, when you consider what he does to go up in that environment and every, everything Cementally. else. Oh, completely. Cement. Ridiculous. This is, good from, it, so. this,
0: this
2: is a good one from Tommy, and this is going to split opinion. Is Gowen Price the greatest Welsh, Welsh darts player of all time? For me, he surpasses Richie Burnett. Look, there's a massive argument to say
3: he is. Yeah, certainly getting close. I think another uh, World Championship will definitely cement it. You can say that Alan Evans, back in the early days, there's a shout for Richie Burnett, as he was arguably the best player in the world for two and a bit years in an era where Phil Taylor and Raymond Van Barneveld were close enough to being in their prime. So if you can compete at that level for a while, don't get me wrong, Gervin Price is doing very, very similar with Michael Van Gerwen and, and Peter Wright, and possibly the most competitive field we've ever had. Um think he needs another world title, right? Yeah. Or just to keep winning everything. If he wins eight grand yeah, spams no, I mean, and he's certainly yeah. up there. Yeah, certainly in and around. Um, what
2: else have we got? Um, Daniel says, "Have you guys talked about the full calendar? Uh, yeah, we spoke about it briefly, mate. No, no real surprises during the Premier League. The, the pro tours are back to weekends, as as Matt said they'd be, because they can't do blocks when the Premier League's on. Yeah. We we knew that. I think we'll see some blocks towards the end of the calendar. Um, Possibly, but yeah. if we're being honest, Saturday and Sunday works better for us.
3: Massively. <laughs> Don't have to have anybody off work then for streaming and that sort of thing. So." Yeah, look. yeah, and look, it was a very, very busy calendar. You'll note the absence of a couple of things. The, the fact that women's series is expanding to twenty events is brilliant. The fact that there's going to be some weekends where there's a pro tour in one country and a challenge tour in another, or a challenge tour and a women's tour, and all of that sort of thing, um, it's it's just it's just mad. And actually, if we've got the likes of a challenge tour and a women's tour to keep an eye on, we might, if we've got the manpower, start looking at streaming those as well. Not making any promises, but if if they draw enough interest and we've got multiple events to look at at the same time and people want to keep up with it, then we can certainly see what we can do next year. Interesting that the calendar didn't have European tour qualifiers on it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if that was just to keep the graphics nice and clean or if there's something going on with those.
2: I think they'll, they'll stick them back on a Friday night. Yeah,
3: I think so. Because yeah, well, the, obviously the field for the yeah. first one is already in place and then there is a, a block or there's like four or five pro tours between the first and the second one. Um And at that point, that's enough time to run a couple of the qualifiers that you need. If they go back to a Friday night, they can run two on a Friday night. The players were pretty happy yeah. with that in the past. Um Get those in the bank and then you start working up. You've got, you've got a proper European tour order of merit at that point. Yeah. This, this, this is a good one I know it's addressed to me but we can all do this one
2: who do you think's had the better career so far right or price
1: Good
4: question very good question
2: For me I edge price and I say that. Because he defended a major, they both have they both have a world title each. They both picked up multiple TV titles, but because Price has defended one, I would edge him.
3: I think Wright has more variety in his titles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. After after defending something for the third time is, is well defending it and then winning it again after losing it is, is pretty good
2: yeah Look, there's, I, I, there's not a lot between it but I, I edge price yeah. for, for me
4: it, it yeah it's a time flip for me in it I would edge towards right but yeah it's the same, yeah. both of which have had very similar <laughs> for me, so I think asking that question in two three years' time might be different, Does I think probably is pushing on a lot more.
3: Uh,
2: oh, I think if you ask that question in two or three years' time, it's a completely one-sided argument.
3: Yeah. Well, I think Peter Wright might be playing a lot of seniors by then, you never know. And <laughs> um, yeah. they've it, changed out another six million times by then as well, so you never know. You never know at all. Um, yeah. I think the fact that Wright lost in so many finals to start with, as well, he had that terrible record against MVG. Look, Price's record against him still isn't the best. There aren't many who's got a fantastic record against Marco Van Gowin, to be honest. Um, but, yeah. It'd be interesting to see Price have a real dip and then see if he can go back up again because he just seems to have been on a constant rise since he first came into the game. And it's not always been... A straight ascent. There's been points where it's been further up and there's been points where it's been shallower, but it's never really gone down for going Price.
2: Jamie says, Who wins a TV final first? Smith or Chisnell? That's easy for me. I think
3: he means if it was a final, who wins it? Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. That's still yeah. easy for me. Mark Smith.
4: Smith. Smith. Which, as we've all said, Smith, it'll be Chisnell. Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> as, I, I, as we saw from Lee's quotes, we're not fans of the Chisnell action under pressure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we've said a lot of things that our opinions may have changed on or not over the last 50 shows. But I'll say exactly the same thing now. I have no idea yeah. how Dave Chisnell throws as many 180s as he does.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure that one was all you, Dob. I think it was a mixture, but you were certainly all in agreement.
3: Everybody agreed, but I certainly threw that line (laughs) out there. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's a good question. Um, Who left the bigger legacy in darts, Bristow or Barnevald?
3: This is tough, and it's tough for two reasons, because Barnevald Basically, spread the game global or international, or at least to to Europe. He bought Holland in, which has been a massive country for the last god knows how long. Bristow, not only has he added the razzmatazz and the mental side of the game, Bristow's legacy is, is somewhat Phil Taylor. The fact he created the monster um,
2: and
3: he created in, that back man in,
2: back in the 80s as well, he was the first superstar darts player that everyone recognised um, that he, he was a genuine celebrity. So for me, yeah. um,
3: Bristow. I think if you're wrong, Barney does have that appeal. You see that he's hanging around with footballers constantly. You See the way the game's grown in Holland. That's largely on Barney's shoulders. And because of that, we have a Michael Van Gerwen, but there wasn't a direct involvement in that. And the minute that you create the monster that is Phil Taylor. Yeah. That's a legacy, isn't it? (laughs) Plus all the titles that you won. Plus, actually, you think about his his punditry and media work after that and the fact that he's never been shy of an opinion.
2: Yeah, Bristow for me. Right, boys, we are past half ten. So just want to thank everyone who has joined us for the extended 50th show. It has genuinely been an absolute blast having you all along. Fifty shows, boys. We've made it. Fifty, not out. Next one, it's the century. We've got some. We've got some really good bits lined up. Already planning two thousand and twenty. I can't wait, boys. Can you?
3: We're planning last year. Two thousand and twenty-two. <laughs> I just want to go to sleep. I'm not going
4: to lie. That, we, we've that got is, that is, much lined up.
3: We've got a time machine to bring you the live lounge a year earlier than where yeah. it is. I just want to go to bed. That, that is. <laughs>
4: That is my uh, question for show 100's little quiz of what did Phil say on show 50 when was a year past?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's been an absolute pleasure. All of you in the chat room absolutely smashed it. Remember, all the coverage continues tomorrow morning. The Live League returns from 9.30. Mirth calling in all the action. And then the Players' Championships in Minehead starts on Thursday. Uh, myself and Jar will be on site. The boys will be doing the fallout bar um, as, well, not as always, but we're bringing it for the um, first weekend event because it's gone down so well. Also, cheeky little trip to a manufacturer this Wednesday to get some content um, as well, which will be good. So plenty coming up. We've also got a bank of pre-world interviews already bagged
3: been good it's been emotional don't forget the giveaway as well guys drop into the comment section once the video is finished just drop us a general comment say hello say whatever about the 50th show um and if you want to for the dartboard and if you want to win the signed program you need to have that guess at how many times phil said what was the phrase lee 100 100
4: percent. 100
3: in the first ever show. Have a pop at that one as well in the comments. Um, If anybody hits it, bang on the nose, you'll win. If not, it'll be closest to the number. There
2: we have it, everyone. We have been Online Darts. This has been the Live Lads. I've been Phil Bars, joined by Jack Gobby-Garwood and Lee Boyce. We are signing out this Monday, and we will see you all very, very soon.